Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, gang. I'm here, sitting in my closet, my little teeny closet, recording, and... <laughs> They are mowing in the background, and I was waiting and waiting for them to stop mowing, and they just keep on mowing, and I'm grateful for them to mow, (laughs) but I gotta record, so yeah, I guess that's uh, just part of being a nobody. Sometimes you just have to make it work, and so we're making it work, so for all you nobodies out there who are recording your voiceover auditions, your podcast, just anything, and you're in a weird space, or you're using your shower curtain as a backdrop, just know that you're not alone, and we're all right there with you, and you just, you just keep making it work. Anyways, welcome back to Talking to Nobody. I'm your host, Zane Talkington. Today's guest is a fellow night owl, ginger, and American Academy of Dramatic Arts graduate. Noah Kopfer is a stand-up comedian and actor. In this episode, we discuss all of the core values this podcast strives to uphold. The importance of therapy and prioritizing your mental health, the creative process, side hustles, and as Dax Shepard would say, the messiness of being human. We talk about his mental health journey and how therapy was a game changer for him, how to be curious instead of judgmental, how he develops his stand-up material, and how he aims to allow it to be a break for the audience. We chat about all the weird shit actors do to prepare, midnight snacks, and the importance of putting out content that you feel passionate about and focusing on the intrinsic rewards it creates, as opposed to the extrinsic ones, like views, likes, fame, all that jazz. This is an in-the-moment, genuine conversation, and I loved every minute of it. His comedy special comes out on YouTube April 12th, so be sure to save the date and subscribe to his page. We love to see artists supporting artists. Please enjoy the authentically honest and hysterical Noah Kopfer. Talking to nobody. So you want to be somebody. So the Manhattan is is good. It's great. Okay. It's awesome. It's very good. Yeah. And this is your favorite drink of all time. Yes, it is. I don't. I don't know how it started. Where I like started liking whiskey because I think that's like a really acquired like like most people I guess don't like when I talk to people they're either like it's either like vodka or whiskey and then tequila is like whatever. But I don't know. Like I started drinking whiskey 
and I just really like like how it tasted on its own. Like yeah. most booze, I can't drink by itself. Like v- vodka since college, no. I can't even think about a-, a mixed drink. I won't get anything with vodka in it. Tequila, I love like for cocktails and stuff. I don't like it straight up. Yeah. Um, but whiskey was the one where I was like, oh, I like the different recipes. I like like that heavier like i relax more i feel like when i'm drinking like scotch or whiskey or something like that and then i think part of it too is like my dad once like i said earlier once we started drinking my mom and my dad really started like drinking and they were like this is a party and my dad loves like scotch and whiskey and stuff like that and so i think he got me more into that too so i don't know i think i had a manhattan at a bar one time and i was like this, this is, works. I was like, this will be the thing. I'll yeah. do this forever. That yeah. was me with an old fashioned. I feel like if mm. I would have had a Manhattan first, maybe it would be the opposite. But yeah, I had an old fashioned. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is my drink. Yeah. Because with whiskey drinks, I feel, and when I like whiskey sour too. That, I think that mm. was what we had on Nathan's episode. Yes. So good. What a choice. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> so good. And I feel like with whiskey drinks, they're like sipping drinks. Like, even margaritas, I freaking chug those. And then you're fucked yeah. up. Yeah. But with these, you <laughs> it, can sit and have a conversation with someone and it mm-hmm. feels warm inside. Yeah, I'm so. a big like campfire person too. And yes. there's nothing better than like a campfire and like a whiskey or like a scotch drink. Yeah, Because you have to sip. It's true. That is very true. Like any other drink, I'll drink fast as shit. Like I, I'm bad with like, there's this seltzer that my girlfriend found. They're called Lover Boys. And they're like Ooh. a, they taste like a sweet tea. And they're, but they're, they have no added like anything. It's like wild because most seltzers taste like shit. And this one is like the best tasting thing I've ever had. And uh, I'll power through those. And they're dangerous because you're like, I'll just go. And then you're like, I'm blasted. Yeah. And I didn't mean to do this. Whereas like with a, a whiskey or a scotch drink, I'm like, I'm enjoying the taste. I'm getting blasted, but this is on Slowly. my terms. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm looking at all the signs of how this is going. I'm, I'm catching yes. up. Yes, and you wouldn't like be playing hardcore drinking games with it. I mean, you could, but then you'd be probably going to the hospital. But no. yeah, seltzers, man, I think during COVID, when we were quarantined, we would just go through a pack of White Claw a day. Mm. And now I can't drink White Claw because mm. I'm just scarred for life. And yeah. you're right. They just, I don't, I mean, they taste good, but I just feel like they taste very they're like yeah they're fine if you don't have like a cocktail it's like that thing where it's like i don't want this to taste as much like alcohol but it's also the best i can do like i thought the topo chico ones are pretty good and then these lover boy ones are like really good and the problem is that they don't taste that much like alcohol but i'll have one or two and i'm like okay (laughs) oh you're in charge of this not me okay Cool. I'll have to try them. Yeah, they're really good. Have you tried Boochcraft? Do you like kombucha at all? I love kombucha. As of recently, I remember the first time I tried it, I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever had. And now I'm like, I like this. But I haven't had a Boochcraft. I'll have to try that. Yes. I, I mean, I like kombucha on its own, so. We'll have that. We'll have that, that <laughs> next time. Yes. Yes. So I like to start out with a little zodiac sign comparison. I don't okay. know if you believe in that stuff, but I uh, just do it for fun. I don't keep up to it, but I have, I mean, I believe in anything. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So you're a Pisces. Yes. Do you know anything about Pisces? I mean, it, the symbol for Pisces is like the fish, the right? The fish, yeah. It's two fish. And I have a twin sister. So that, that resonates with me. That's always resonated with me, just like the imagery wise. I'm like, that's very interesting. But also I love the water and ocean more than anything. Like it's my, fa- like I scuba dive, like it's my favorite. Really? It, yeah. I'm terrified. I'm terrified to scuba dive. It's, it's s- scary. Because if you're like claustrophobic, it's not the thing to That's do. That's me. Yeah, because it's not, you can't stop in the middle of it. If you're like, okay, I think I'm done now. You're like 60 feet underwater. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever done. But even me, I'm not very claustrophobic. There's moments when you're like, 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. Time to go back up. Done. Uh, but I can't do it that fast. Because you have to do it slowly, right? Yeah. There's like the decompression stuff. Like it, it, there's when you learn about it, there's a lot of stressful stuff that can happen. But it's so like if you prep enough, it's so like back of the mind stuff that like as long as you pay attention, it's relaxing. But there is like it is dangerous. But yeah, that love of the water stuff has always been like. I think that's like the what in the Pisces that like I've resonated with at least. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Let's see what else you resonate with. Ooh. It says that Pisces are dreamers and poets. I mean, mm -hmm. you're you're kind of a poet with your with your comedy stuff. Yeah. Do you write poetry at all? I tried a little bit. My poetry, I guess, is more wieners and dumb stuff. Yeah, like but comedy. hey, that's, that's poetry. That, I mean, do you do you like Bo Burnham at all? I do, yes. I, I have his poetry book, Egghead, or something. I think that's the name oh, of it. Oh, that's right. I don't. I mean, his most recent thing is like insane. I had the album on my phone for like. We just had it on. It's great. It's, it's so it's good. Brilliant, insightful, expressive, and intense. Uh, I maybe insight. I don't know. Insightful. I'm very like self introspective. I don't think I'm an intense person. I try. Not, I mean, yeah. I'm very like ah, okay. Like I don't. I'm not a big like conflict so I guess intensity is like not a thing I vibe with but I don't know like internally maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah intense passion for what you do maybe. Yeah that for sure. <laughs> yeah. not, not, I would I don't know if anyone would describe me as intense but I ha like I have intense feelings like as a person. Right. Must learn to be nicer to yourself. <sighs> <laughs> It's the whole reason I'm in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole yeah. reason we're all in therapy, I yeah. feel. To the oh world, you are kind and considerate, but internally, you are secretly too hard on yourself. I feel like those kind of go hand in hand. Must be nicer to yourself because you're hard on yourself. Have you been talking to my therapist? Is that, yeah. I mean, you know, this, this show you, is a little is this bit a about mental health. I mean, hey, I, I do my research, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Yes. That. <laughs> is it mostly hard on yourself when it comes to your work, your creative work, or just in general? It's, it's everything. And, and, and that's the hard part is it's not like... It, I'm always... For some reason, I have this standard of my... The way I talk about it in therapy is like... When I try, found the words to describe it, is like I feel like I'm constantly in front of a tribunal of myself, where I'm do, anything I do, it's what's wrong with that? Why isn't that this way? And I feel like I'm just like bumper carring through that, and so I, I can't really enjoy much without me being like, well, it could be this, or you're doing this wrong, or why did you do that? And that would just like constantly bombard me all the time, like work, life, relationships, family, anything like that. It would just kind of. I would just have these anxieties and like, God forbid something stressful happened and I would just kind of like, you know, crawfish back and be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And like try and backpedal okay. and trying to overcome that, I guess. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So this is all pretty on point so far. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I would say it's right there. <laughs> it says that somehow you're both five years old and 50 years old at once. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like I like to have fun and I'm a, a dweeb and stuff and I'm very good. These are very accurate. This is ah! laptop of answers that you have. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a kid, but I don't really get along with most people my age or younger. Like mm. all of my friends are like in their thirties and I I don't I don't know why it's my birthday like in a couple weeks. Yeah. And it's never like, oh man, that's really catching up. I'm always like come on. I'm twenty three now. I feel like I've been twenty three for like four years. Mm. And it's just it gets like annoying where I'm like yeah, okay. I, I feel 
older. And there's downsides to that because then sometimes I'll get down on myself because I'm like, why don't you know any better or why are you doing that? And it's like, because you're 23. Like, right. I talked with my therapist and I was like, I don't have a lot of money left in savings. She's like, you're 23 and you have a savings account. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And she's like, no, I guess. That's wild. And I'm like, okay. Where do you think that comes from? Was there a pressure as a child to like save money or, or be a certain way? Um, I mean, my parents have always tried to be like as financially responsible as possible. So definitely some of that, whether it's like martial arts, like the pressures of always trying to be better than I am, like always trying to strive for that can be a little tough. But yeah, I don't know. In the sense of trying not to compare myself to everybody, I'm kind of doing that because I'm like, oh, I have to be different and not like that. So how can I not be like that? And now I'm comparing myself. And so when I feel like I do something regular or normal or something that like everybody does, yeah. I'm like, oh, am I failing? It's like, no, I'm not failing. I'm just being a human being. I guess what I'm saying is like, if I'm not excelling, I'm failing as opposed to like, if I'm not excelling, I'm just living my life. And so you you do martial arts or you did? I did for I did for most of my life before I moved out here. Most of my like childhood and like young adult life, I guess. And what do you think you learned most from that that you've still carried with you? Obviously that as a skill, but I'm sure there's a lot of like discipline involved in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of it, and as I'm unpacking more with like my therapy, there's a bunch of things. I mean, a big thing I think is my work ethic, for sure. I think I got a big work ethic from that. And also my own like self-reliance, I guess, which can be kind of tough. And the fact that I might not be as vocal about my emotions and stuff like that, but my accountability, I guess too. And that's something I'm struggling with. I, I hold myself accountable, which can be very tough on myself sometimes, but at the same time, I'm, I'm glad I do it sometimes because I would rather do that and have to deal with the after effects of me being too hard on myself right. than be ignorant and be hurting people and like not be mindful of who I am and then having to deal with all of that. I feel the same way. I've developed over the course of the past year and a half a lot of social anxiety, which mm -hmm. I haven't before. And maybe it's because of everything that's been going on in the world. And I've really started to just reevaluate how I handle situations and what I what I say mm -hmm. just in general. I would, ra like you're saying, I would rather have that anxiety then go around and just say whatever I want and it, and it hurts someone. So I feel like yeah. sometimes anxiety can help you in ways yeah, yeah. coupled with therapy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing that like, uh, I hate my anxiety and the fact that it's like a thing that is like burdening me a lot of the time. But sometimes I sit back and I go, I, I, I'm at least glad I'm thinking about it. Yeah. What I'm working towards now is like, I'm not trying to lose that awareness. I want to be able to handle it as opposed right. to it just like yanking me in a bunch of different directions that like then I'm not in control of it and I'm like freaking out yes. like I don't want to lose that empathy that I have but I don't want to keep so much empathy that I'm like kicking myself to the ground you want to have control over it and it not have the control over you yeah so I love how honest you are about talking about it and talking about therapy we're gonna yeah. get into all that more <laughs> later wow so this was all pretty on point it also says that you are excessively romantic and prone to fantasy and have no boundaries <laughs> any any of that huh. <laughs> there's no boundaries well I, I have boundaries for sure yeah i mean i guess i'm, I'm a romantic person my relationship that i'm in right now i can say is like the happiest relationship i've i've ever been in and i think a lot of that is growth and work, like a, a lot of it, I think on my end too, but both of us, we're both the kind of people where we can, we do the work to make sure that we're communicating well. Yes. And I think that's a, that's a big thing is like we communicate very well so that even if we're having tough moments, we can work, can work through it. 
And I, I think maybe before I started doing therapy a year ago, we were still together. She she really helped inspire me to go to therapy, mm-hmm. which was a nice thing to say. Because me not taking offense, her being like, hey, I think therapy would be really helpful for you. And not me being like, well, how do you think you better for me? I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. And being able to do that and seeing how much it's helped. And it, now the communication is just even better. Not that there was like something wrong, but it felt like there was a point where I remember she said to me, she was like, I just feel like there's only so much I can say and do to help. That's like not solving. Like she's like, I'm doing what I can, but there's work that you need to do to be able to handle it on your own because a relationship isn't like, it's a partnership. It's not like she's not going to babysit me and all this stuff. So she, obviously she's going to help as much as she can, but there's a certain point where like you have to do the work. I feel like we, we've had a moment like that too with me encouraging you to go to therapy if you're okay to talk about this I just yeah feel like no. two two men talking about mental health and therapy is like yeah, really I mean, rare yeah it was, so. it was very much a, very much a similar thing for Zane but not and wanting myself. to like yeah. put I'm, and i'm sure your girlfriend felt the same way like she doesn't want to be like you're going to therapy or this is over but it's mm-hmm. like hey why don't you try this and i feel yeah. like as men and you guys can talk about that a little bit feeling maybe this pressure to not go to therapy because it makes you weak I, I don't know how what's your what was your experience with with that yeah I mean it was very much the same as Noah like I just I had never done it before and I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was about or and it seems what scary. to expect yeah and it was just all what you've seen on movies and tv shows and mm-hmm. they don't make it seem like a joyful you're place crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah no it was when you suggested it I was like yeah sure I'll give it a shot same same for you and yeah that, it, it was a strange thing where it was like I, I wasn't afraid it would make me look weak because I'm a goofy part. I'm very comfortable with who I am, I guess. And so looking weak is like not a pride. I've done theater. Everybody thinks I'm like a nerd. When you grow <laughs> up like that, it's not really like a worry I had as much. Yeah. But it was like, I guess that honesty, truly bearing myself. Because there was stuff in therapy that like I started talking about that I had never talked with anybody about. It was just mm-hmm. a shit that I was holding and it was just replaying and replaying and replaying. And then I like finally being able to talk about it, even though it's scary, was such a relief because then it wasn't just me anymore yeah. figuring it out. Yeah. And it, it, it's definitely, you know, it's still not easy. I, I still have very tough sessions every now and then, but I'm, I'm in a, a better place of like being able to process stuff on my own and, and work stuff through. And I think that makes my relationship better, but it also just puts me at ease for like where I need to be to function. Have you experienced, I mean, you've, like you said, you've been doing theater for a long time, but do you experience anxiety before you go on stage? Has the therapy helped with that? Or are you completely, that's where you feel good? I used to have stage fright when we were at school and all that. Well, yeah. I would have had no idea. Once I started doing stand up, that went away. Because there's nothing scarier than like writing your own shit and then performing it in front of people and it has to make people laugh. And like the accountability of, well, if this doesn't work, it's all on me. After that, doing lines that somebody else has written, not doing lines, but like saying, <laughs> doing lines and saying lines, <laughs> like saying lines that other people wrote was like not as scary. For, so I don't get like theater stage fright. Stand up, I guess, every now and then. But I think like you said, that's the place where I feel the most happy and in control. Bill Burr said something really interesting. I think he did acid or something, but he was like, I used to think that why I did stand up was because it's just what I loved. And he's like, I figured it out. He's like, it's the easiest way I can get people to like me without having to talk to everybody in the room at once. And I'm like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> oh, that just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can talk to everybody. They'll all kind of get to know me. And then that's done. The social work is done. There. Yeah. And then you can just leave. Yeah. yeah. And then you're done. You're done with that. I was like, that's pretty, that's a pretty wild 
way to look at it. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. That's so true. Because yes, like I was saying, I, this social anxiety just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I have always considered myself an extrovert, but now I would, I guess I'm an introvert who can be extroverted when I need to be. But that's my thing. I don't want to go like we we just had something come up where there's a party going on. And originally I just thought, oh, it's just going to be like those two people there. And that's great. But then we heard, oh, there's going to be more people now. I'm like, okay, now I don't want to go because it's more. And if I mentally prepare, but that's the thing now, that's like an extra step. I have to mentally prepare to socialize. And I've never been like that before. Yeah. So, yeah, that's such a great point when you're on stage doing stand up whatever you can just entertain let people know about you and then and then leave but then i guess that but then i feel like oh is that being selfish because then you're not getting to know the people there i mean i guess like i i can't remember like he said it was either like gets no more like everybody likes him you know what i mean i think that's the same with theater too like when you perform like everybody's like oh you did something cool we like you blah no one will hate me after okay we're on the same page you like me i don't have to do that individual can i get this person to get along with me it's like right yeah. General, it, overall, they all seem overall. to like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, okay, bye. And then yeah. you'll never know if they don't because you're like, I'm out yeah, of there. Yeah, I'll never see you again. Well, speaking of acting and all that kind of stuff, that's where we met. Mm-hmm. We met at acting school. Yeah. We did our grad play together. Yes. What was the name of that play? Our Country's Good. That's right. With yes. Karangi. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow, look at this. Talking look to nobody this. podcast service. Oh, my I goodness. Love it. Look at this. Sorry to interrupt. Did you want another one? I can make all you guys talk. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm also. I mean, I'm good. I'm right? okay with just like even just like a little bit of the scotch sure, or the sure, right, yeah. Yes. All yeah, no. it's all for you. So as much as you want, yeah. get blasted. That's water, that's water <laughs> we can Uber you home. It's fine. <laughs> you said get blasted. <laughs> like the evil part of my brain was like, really? Okay. In that play, we did accents. I did Cockney. What did you do? Were I did you- a Scottish accent. Scottish. I couldn't remember if it was Irish or British. How hard was that? It was tough. And listen, I'll die on this sword. I feel like three of us got our accents and then everybody else was like, what's going on yeah, right now? What, what, what is all this? What is, what is all this? Well, there were so many different ones. Like I remember yeah. I did Cockney, but then at one point I shifted into a British for, mm-hmm. and then other people like had multiple yeah, characters, but I think it ended up being a good play, right? Yeah. I thought it was fun. Everybody I talked to was like, we didn't know what it was about, but you guys seemed like we we're having fun. And I was like, yeah, it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah, I guess. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked, the photos looked Yeah. It looked really like good. Hamilton mixed with like Pirates of the Caribbean. It was oh my like gosh, sick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It totally did. Wow. I, I don't, I don't know if I could do a Cockney. Cockney accent right now if I tried so I probably can do Scottish (laughs) Scottish is hard I feel like Scottish for me Scottish and Australian are probably like the hardest yeah because they were like oh you have to do a Scottish accent but we have to be able to understand you I was like do you understand the line I'm tiptoeing right now (laughs) I don't think it helped that we had Karangi as our teacher because because he, he has an accent. I feel like if we had just like an American teacher, they'd be like, I don't know the difference. But he was like, no, no, it's this specific syllable. And I'm like, God damn it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I get nothing by you. Very, he's very technical when he, which I appreciate. But yeah, it's just like, oh my God, it's already such a technical show that we don't understand. And then you add yeah. this layer of accents. I have enough to worry about. Yes. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember, I don't know why I thought of this, but I, I was in another grad play and that one went up before we were done. So we were still in rehearsal. Yes. Yeah, I did that one. and Completely I, different from... <laughs> oh, yeah. I was New York, had no pants on. It was crazy. But the night after the grad play, we went out and we got fucked up. Came back to rehearsal the next day. Still pretty drunk. I woke up and I was like, fucking no. 
And I remember someone in rehearsal was like, are you drunk? And I looked at them and I was trying to put my costume on. I was like, shit the fuck up. <laughs> I was like trying to put like three layers of a British Commodore Norrington off. I was like, shit the fuck up. I'm trying to get into character, man. Uh, yeah, okay, on. gosh. Right. Well, because your character's wife was like far away. So maybe he gets drunk because he's sad. Yeah, he's like just living his life. And it's fine. <laughs> and Craig is like, I love the choices you're making today. And I'm like, they're not on purpose. They're not really a choice. Yeah, well, there you go. Now you know the secret. Just like come in and still drunk. <laughs> That's funny because my, a nice segue, my next question was going to be what is your process when developing a character i get fucked up uh, <laughs> oh man it's been a minute since i've like made a character um but i think a lot of it for me is like I, I i like to get the lines out of the way as quick as possible like memorize them immediately so it's the last thing i have to think about so that's what you do first memorize oh first. yeah absolutely Same. like highlight and memorize like right when i get it so that way like if i'm like trying to practice like nothing i think fucks up my character more when i'm like Oh, what was I going to say? I can't be natural if I like don't know what I'm going to talk about. So that for sure. And then I think for me, it's like finding what I relate to the most in them. I don't know. Like I, so I even though they're hard, I do like accents a lot because I feel like I can take myself out of it more. Yes. And I, I find it harder a lot of the times to just be a regular person. Me too. I'm like, oh, how do I, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. They're like, oh, just be yourself. And I'm like, but then they're all the same. Like, Why? It's not interesting. And they're yeah. like, but it is, it's honest. And I'm like, I don't believe you. So I, yeah, I, I guess accents help in that way. But I just finding the way I relate to it the most, I think. And I guess I would kind of like bank on, not bank on that, but make a choice with that. And then like kind of narrow it down from there. Like find what works, what, what doesn't. I, I think for me, it was tough to like physicality was fun but it was also tough because the tough part is like especially at school like I would play a lot of straight characters and in the comedies the person who's not the funny one and me as a person I'm just more physical than like what most what they want most straight characters to play so that was tough that was a big thing that like I mean Landfield Bohan and Karangi all of them were like stop moving so much and I'm like but it's me. It's and they're like, me. Oh, of that. They're like, damn it. Yeah. So I, I think voice and physicality were like the big things for me. Yeah. I mean, I, what was it for you? Oh, I would say physicality as well, because I come from a musical theater background where you have mm -hmm. to be these big, lavish characters and they have to see you all the way in the back row. So I would, I feel like that's how I would begin to build the character was the physicality mm -hmm. and and the accents as well that really helps me feel like how does this person walk and things like that there was this exercise we did I don't know if you ever had Mr. Han but we did this exercise they were called Le Bon actions mm -hmm. and they were like to squeeze or to squish or to knife and that exercise really helped me because it's like you're putting an action to a word or a phrase or whatever. I, I did something similar to that. Uh, I remember like putting an action to a word yes. helped quite a lot. But it, it's so weird. Sometimes uh, for me, I found trusting my gut with it. Because at the end of the day, like you're just trying to be as human as possible. So like whatever my gut instinct is with the line, most of the time, like I, I, I found most of the time when I felt out of place was it when I was trying something that I wouldn't do. Because I mean, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds like it like uh, acting is like putting yourself in like imaginary circumstances like if I felt something that like even in an imaginary circumstance I wouldn't do that that was always the thing that felt weird I'd rather just like picture myself there do it like that and then let that affect me I mean especially in like emotional stuff like it was so hard for me to like 
cry because so much, much of the time I would like make myself, I'd be like fucking cry. Well, that's what would get me to cry a lot in acting scenes is like belittling myself for not crying. In my head, while I'm crying on stage, my brain is like, you fucking little bitch, cry right now. <laughs> Everyone's going to hate you if you're not crying right now. And, I'm like, oh and they're like, oh my gosh, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, just nothing. Just cry, you you're fucking bitch. bullying <laughs> yeah. yourself into submission. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every time <laughs> I have to cry in a scene, it's man. like, my one thought that would make me cry all the time is like, everybody's going to hate you and think you're not good if you're not crying right now. And that would make me cry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, I'm not thinking about some trauma. I'm, I'm thinking like, if you don't cry right now, you suck at this. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that works. We'll do that. But but it works. That's your truth. So yeah. I, I guess as long as it's your truth, you're remaining authentic to yourself, then it works. Yeah. For me, that's something that I have never struggled with mm-hmm. because I have a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. And I just it's just like a faucet. But... I think that was one of the things that they had to work on with me. Miss Brown, I remember the first scene I did, she's amazing. I did a scene from, oh gosh, what was the name? Uh, Loose Ends, Loose Ends. Mm -hmm. And the woman had an abortion, but didn't tell her husband. And the first time I went up, and this was first year when I was coming out of being the lead in every show in high school and needed to be Mm -hmm. humbled. I just cried, I cried throughout the whole scene. And Mm -hmm. yes, it's great that I have that access, but she said something to me and she's like you haven't lost yet and I, that just blew oh. my mind she's like okay. you haven't lost yet the scene sh- it should be a discovery you're you're fighting to win mm-hmm. and then that's what's more captivating is is you see that progression and then if you feel like she would cry there then it comes out naturally and yeah. and that really stuck with me because mm-hmm. Just because you can cry doesn't mean you need to cry. And sometimes right. I think, and another thing Karangi said, wow, so many amazing acting teachers were so I know, blessed. I the hell, yeah, it's Yes, <laughs> oh my gosh, so overwhelming. But he said sometimes, this was during Our Country's Good, he said sometimes it's more compelling to watch an actor who you can see they're about to, but they hold it in. Because mm. I feel like we, we do that in real life. You're telling yourself like, don't, or you're telling yourself to cry, but in real life, I think we're like, don't cry, like be strong, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, it's like, you, or Brown's like, you haven't lost yet. And my <laughs> teachers are like, you've lost so many times, like, <laughs> so let it go. And I'm like, I can't do it. Here, I'll just give it to you. Take it all. I need more of what you have and you can take my emotional faucet. So, so yeah, I think that was my challenge too, was just like, just finding the truth of the character and, and telling the story. Like, staying true to the story we're back in an acting class now after a few years and it's been so great to just shake the dust off because Mm -hmm. you don't realize how rusty you get but then as soon as we get back into it one or two scenes we're like all right we know we know what we need to do yeah so that's how often often do you go it's once a week and it's been great to just i don't know what we're trying to get specific on is like casting Mm. which i feel like is one thing at the academy that was kind of not so great because we'd be playing these older characters which yeah. I mean I guess is it's fine to learn like the technique and everything but now going out to the real world you actually have to find okay who can I play right now yeah I think that I remember when we were doing all that stuff in like the end of second year when it's like all the business of acting and all that stuff I remember the universal feeling is like we're just doing this shit yeah just now like yeah, we're just class? now yeah we're leaving in a couple weeks okay. and you're like here's all the important stuff about headshots and all the business need to know yeah. goodbye yeah. i mean this is gonna be cool from jump right yeah it's a lot of information and this is all i need is three weeks worth come on it's all so different now yeah i'm like being- why don't we have audition technique i don't know twice a day yeah. why wasn't right. that all we yeah. were fucking doing yes yes, yes. no I, we should have definitely had it like both years at least so mm-hmm. 
So yeah, there were the good and bad, good and bad things, learned a lot. Talking about physicality, I've been watching a some of your comedy videos and I feel like there is an element of physicality with with your stand-up does that mm -hmm. just come come naturally do you think that if you were to take the physicality out of your performance it would affect the way the jokes land it's a great question yes I think they would I've been told by people that they like my physicality I tend to gravitate more towards bits I can do with physicality in them but the interesting thing is a lot of my favorite comedians that I really admire are not physical at all. They stand still and I love their delivery. And I think it's because I want to get better at that and just the wordplay and the delivery of that and put it together. But I, I love being physical on stage. I think just normally when I talk, I move around a lot. I think some jokes, a lot of the jokes I do work better with a physical button on them or something, not even like a big act out or something, but just like a movement or something can like, yeah, that can add so much to it that I enjoy doing. And I think a lot of it just comes naturally when I fuck around with a bit, I'll just, that'll come up or I'm doing a bit right now about wiping my ass and like the whole, it's like a whole physical bit. And it, I'm having a lot of fun doing it because it's like a lot of the bits I've been doing right now have been like more word stuff. And now this is something that's more like physical. Right. And, uh, yeah. I feel like it has to be if it's going to be about wiping your ass, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just me, I think. And that's like how I communicate like myself is like very, uh, I think I'm uncomfortable physically. And so that's why I do it a lot on stage because I don't know how to stand. So if I'm like, if I, if I keep moving, I'm more comfortable because I can like fuck around and be weird. Right. If I had to just stand there and tell my jokes, I think I'd have a panic attack. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. Yeah. It just reminds me of like somebody shooting at you, so you're just zigzagging, trying not to get hit by Kinda, bullets. Kind of, yeah. And that, but the bullets are stillness. Yeah. They're like, sit still. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, fuck it. No, I'm done. None of my watch. Get out of here. Like, there's no way. You're not going to catch me dead doing it. Who are some of those comedians that you would say are your biggest influences? I would say Tom Segura, Beth Stelling, Nate Bargatze. They're all comics who, I mean, Beth, Beth Stelling is a little physical, but like, Tom, Tom Segura and Nate Bargatze are like not and I, I really like I just think they're such compelling storytellers like all three of them are so fantastic at telling stories and I would say a lot of my stand-up is more like stories observational so I just love that the patterns that they speak in like the way they talk about stuff one of my all-time favorite comedians Dan Soder he just sounds like he's having fun talking about whatever he's talking about and I that's what I really want to emphasize with my stand-up is that I talk about serious subjects. I talk about my anxiety. I talk about all that. I talk about serious stuff, but I never wanted to, I, I don't think it's a comedian's job to be serious. I think you can talk about serious stuff, but it's your job to make it funny. I don't like when comedians make a serious point in a thing. I like when you take something serious and make it funny and make it relatable and that's how people gravitate towards it. Like so much I would try and write stuff that was relatable and it never worked. But when I was just honest and funny, then people were like, oh my gosh, I relate to that so much. It was funny that you did that. Like, of course you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, but I think it's a comic's job to make it funny. Because if you're not making it funny, you're just feeling what that person's is feeling. Nothing's changed. If someone's going through something, if they're going through depression or anxiety and you just point out that it's happening, cool, they know, they know what's going on. But if you make something about it funny, then you're changing something, then you're relating them, then you're touching a part of them that maybe they didn't look at it that way before. Mm. So that's what I want to do is like, even if I'm talking about serious, something serious, I just want it to be fun. I just want the whole thing to be fun. I want my standup to be a break. It's all I want it to be is, is a break because that's what it is for me. So I want people who are enjoying it to feel the same way. 
That's so great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, that's what I always feel when I go to a comedy show. And, and it's a different escape than a movie because I mm-hmm. also feel that escape when watching a show or a movie. But you're right. A good comedian takes these topics that are relatable to you and, and just makes them a little bit more lighthearted. But how do you do that? How do you find a way to make... Is there a system where you just you try and see if it works? It's a lot of like try and fail. I mean, a lot of the stuff that is funny is not when it's happening. And I think that's like, sometimes I'll talk to like my family and they love that I'm a comic, but something funny will happen and they'll be like, oh, I bet that's going to end up as a bit. And I'm like, well, one, now it's not because you said it. <laughs> but also, no, because this is fun right now. Most of the things that are funny on stage are not funny when they're happening. The weirdest part is like, I just figured out like fairly, like in the last year or two, honesty is the funniest thing. Yeah. Like the funniest thing is when you're like, oh, this is just honestly how I feel about this. There's always going to be someone who's like, oh, I feel the same way about that. Or there's going to be people who are like, I have fucking no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And both of those are funny. So I think a lot of it is, this is how I feel about this. Let me talk about it. Like, yeah. e- even with stuff that's, not, I mean, I have bits that are not as like observational. Like I have jokes that are just like, like I wrote out as jokes, but they're all my honest opinion about stuff. Mm. And I, I think just the honesty is what makes it funny. And the more honest I am with a bit, usually that the better reaction the better reaction it gets yeah i bet that's difficult though especially nowadays to be honest i'm Mm -hmm. sure sometimes you might hit a nerve with someone that's a little bit controversial so are you aware of that or do you just kind of say fuck it if somebody's offended they're offended this is a comedy show um i don't really think about it because none of my material is offensive Mm because i really try and make my stuff a break so i don't i do no political material because (laughs) at the end of the day like if i'm being honest i'm 23 no one gives a shit what my opinion is that most of the people I'm talking to, first off, they're paying to come to a comedy show. They have way more money than me. They have uh, they have a better opinion. Like they they know they know more than me. I always more go into that like the yeah. audience knows way more than me. How can I take my stupid that I have and make that fun? So I never do political. Sometimes I'll do topical, but I'm not gonna walk out and be like, "Here's the thing about women," because every time that happens, everyone's like. Okay. Yeah. Like we've heard it so many yeah. times. Like I just want it, I want it to be a break. I want it to be fun. So I don't worry about that because I, I know my material is not that. When I started doing college shows, they were like, here's what you can and can't say. And I was like, this isn't a problem because I don't say you any don't of that say anyway. Because that. that was the thing. Like when I started touring college, it's a big thing. They were like, you have to be clean when you like audition or showcase for these things. But when you get to the school, they're, I'm like, what can I can't say? And they're like, well, they're all adults. So you can swear, you can do whatever you want. But all the things that you think you can't say, it's like, it's those. Like, you can't talk about that. If you're trying to be edgy and controversial, just don't do that stuff. Right. There's comedians who are amazing at that. There are comedians I love that are very political. Some that have, like, controversial stuff that I think do it very well. But that's not me. That's yeah. that's not what you're focusing on, your specialty. And you're right. There are some people who, who do that so well. But I think, <laughs> it, yeah, it's the people who've had a bit more life experience or they, they've clearly done the research to back up these jokes. Yeah, I don't want to do a bit and people not laugh because there's a piece of information I'm missing. That's I'd rather just yeah. be so yeah. like, it, it's just my honest me. You can't argue that. That's me. Or it's so dumb that they're like, I mean, I guess. Yeah, like we can't argue that. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Try. Yeah. Well, it's, also, it's also a fine line too of these people that do try and take those big political jokes or certain edgy phrases or, or whatever jokes that they come up with where it's just like, yeah, it's if you do it well, 
okay, maybe you can get a laugh and you can get that reaction that you need to. But if you do it wrong, if you just miss it by one little mark, that yep. can ruin you. You can, you're, you're and walking And ruin the this, rest of the set. Yeah, yeah. yeah, ruins the night, ruins the rest of all the other comics that are going up that night too. You may not, it may be so bad where you don't get another another gig out of that. So yeah, you're walking a very fine line doing that sort of stuff. A hundred percent. And I, I think that in a way, and I mean, I mean, not even in a way, like I do admire comedians who do that, who have that, I admire their bravery being like, this is how I feel about this. I'm going to talk about that. And if you make it funny, congrats to you. I think for me, at least where I'm at right now, I can't do that. I think for me right now, it's like, this is my break. That's what I want it to be for other people. I don't want it to become so much because now comedy is a lot of it is like getting more and more politicized. I just want it to be what I know it is to me. And that's just fun and a break. So that's what I want to make it through what I'm doing. I really appreciate that. And that is really a testament to how humble you are as a person. You're not in it to... There's there's no ego attached to it. You're Mm -hmm. really keeping your audience in mind. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's that's really humble of you. And I appreciate that because, yeah, there's a lot of comedy shows that I go to and, and, and I try to go into it. Oh, there's probably going to be something that offends me. But what if I didn't have to do that? That would be so great. What is your writing process like when you're developing your stand-up routine? I I write a lot of stuff while I'm doing something else. I'm really bad about like, I'm trying to get better. I'm so shit at it though. Like I can't sit and be like, let's write comedy. I can't do it. I think of stuff while other stuff is going on, which is normally bad for the thing I'm doing. I think a lot of my stand-up bits while I'm driving which is not safe, but it's just, <laughs> but my mind is wandering, which is so not safe, but that's when it just comes to me and I'll make a note. A lot of it is making bullet points and then I'll play around. Like I like having the points and like playing around with the in-between and like while I'm playing around, then I come up with the new stuff or like stuff to like tie it all together. But yeah, a lot of it is just like, while something is happening, I'll write about that. While I'm doing something else, my brain is just going. So- it's a lot of just like, my brain wandering if I try and sit and write stuff I I don't know I used to get so on myself about that like oh man I can't just sit and write jokes and I'm like well that's just not the kind of comic I am like I'm not here writing like scripted stuff like I'm just mine is so much about experience like that the pandemic was tough because I'm like I'm not doing anything I'm Mm. not going anywhere I'm not doing stuff so until I started doing that again I felt like my material suffered yeah well because you kind of get into the same routine every day and nothing funny or exciting happens i mean maybe that's why my social anxiety came about because i didn't have anything to talk about so that that's really interesting well i think i think too having that social anxiety talking to people i i can't say i feel it like the same way but not having that weird thing of being like how close can i get to other people how much can i talk to other people am i wearing a mask all that stuff it's tough just as a person being like, okay, now I'm just engaging with people. How am I supposed to do that? I think now more than ever, people are like, how am I supposed to engage in this way? And that's, that's hard. Cause most of the time you're like, I could just be able to talk to this person. But now it's like, how am I supposed to do this? Especially if it's like people you haven't seen in a while. You're like, what do I start with? What do I say? What do I have to think about now? As opposed to just like, I, I genuinely am. And I'm, I'm just thinking about this now. I just wish everybody would like, just take it like deep breath and just like forgive everybody for what's going on. And just like, talk and if you fuck up fine but just let everyone just like be themselves for a minute and we'll all chill out but i think we all have this weird standard of i have to do this correctly when i talk to this person i have to i have to act like everything's okay no one's fucking okay we went through this insanely traumatic (laughs) few years if if the first thing i say to you after three years not talking to you is like man i can't blink ever you i i i want someone to be like 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Me too. Sure. Yeah. Great. Good luck with that, yeah. man. Yeah. Awesome. I just think everyone needs to just forgive yeah. for a minute. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much <laughs> for saying that because I feel the same way. And I think that's my fear is that I'm going to go out and I'm going to meet someone. And because I, like I said, I was working at a restaurant and I quit because my anxiety was so crippling. And I think a lot of it, well, also the restaurant industry is just a very stressful environment. So awful. Oh my gosh. But (laughs) I think it was also because I was afraid that I would say one thing or I would take my mask off and in the break room and someone would be like, ah, and so I just had this this fear of of that and i think you're so right if we could all just just be honest like like you are in your set just be honest and mm-hmm. yeah if, if we say something that does i don't know rub someone the wrong way just do we have to hold it against them or can we move through it because you're right we've been through so much yeah i think forgiveness goes a long way and i think people are losing sight of that listen i'm all supportive of people every everyone is entitled to their opinion that's just part of you being a person but i think also you just have to be forgiving of people because nobody no one in the world has a, a book for how we're supposed to do this so no one's right. getting it right 100% of the time just have forgiveness if someone fucks up or says something stupid in front of me like I I forgive you immediately because I genuinely would hope you would do the same for me. It's such a thing you learn as a kid, but like treat others the way you want to be treated. I hope people would forgive me if I fuck up. So like if you fuck up, I'm not at all the person who's like, you kidding me? I don't know. You're trying. You woke up today and you're just trying this shit. Like, I I don't know. Yes, there's, I, I think I've referenced this in quite a few episodes up to this point, but I will do it again because it's one of my favorite quotes from Ted Lasso. He says something about be curious not judgmental Mm -hmm. and i think that that's why i bring it up so much because that quote has profoundly changed my outlook on life on people in general because you're right someone might say something and then you immediately have a reaction to it which is fine because that's just that's how you're feeling and i think it's okay to sit with that but then think before you respond and and then be curious okay why did this person say this maybe they were raised a different way their their belief system is different than mine or they had a bad day whatever it is and you're so right especially right now we're still in this pandemic situation we just have to be gentle with other people and gentle with ourselves do you think you take that idea of forgiveness into into your yourself no Uh, (laughs) nope not even a little bit and that's the funny that was a lot of what therapy was yeah is my therapist being like this is awesome that you feel that way so a a big breakthrough i had in therapy is like i would be panicking about something or i'd be freaking out about something i said or did or like something i'm worrying about that doesn't even exist really and she would be like okay imagine i told you that what would you say to me? And I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. And she's like, so why are you talking to yourself like that? And that's been a lot of what's helped calm me down through my anxiety is whatever I'm going through, whatever fear I have that's like crippling me right now. Okay, imagine somebody came up to me that I care about and told me that. How would I react? Mm. Now that's how I'm treating myself with it. So I think, yeah, I'm. it's hard to put your money where your mouth is and like talk to yourself how you want to be treated. But it's, I mean, that's the big thing I'm trying to work on is because it's still not easy. And I would say my messaging to myself is still not awesome, but I'm getting better at it. How do you, how do you practice that? How do you practice being kind to yourself? Do you have a self-care ritual that you do or do you journal? No, my therapist keeps trying to tell me to journal, but I don't (laughs) want to do it. I'm the same. It's hard to just stick to it. I can yeah. barely read a book from yeah, beginning like, to end. You want me to I... sit and do this thing? Yeah. Fuck that. I'm yeah. out of here. I don't know. I've 
I did yoga for a minute, but as soon as I started feeling better, I stopped doing it because I was like, I'm fixed. Yeah, I'm um, good. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> um, meditating, I've started doing that the last couple of days again. I don't know. I think uh, I just try and like take a minute and just sit. I've been trying to get a pet. That's what something, I mean, I grew up with pets and I want to get another one because nothing takes me out of like my own brain space and like petting an animal. It's crazy. I, I'll be honest. For a while, I thought it was like people have like emotional support dogs, and I'm like, it's kind of stupid. And then I would be freaking out, and I'd be pet sitting someone. I pet a dog, and I go, oh, ecstasy. <laughs> it's like the best feeling ever. So it I'm is. like, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm, and a lot of it is like me dealing with it while it's coming up. How I'm talking to myself. How I'm like approaching it. A lot of it is like I throw a lot of unreasonable scenarios at myself. I think worst case scenario, and it branches out. So I just kind of. A lot of it is just like handling what I can handle in the moment and then letting that calm me down. Like, okay, this is what I can do right now. If I'm done with that, now it's out of my hands. Right. That'll sometimes still freak me out, but at least I've done what I can do about it. Yes. I feel that too. It's it's really hard for me to not let my thoughts spiral because I do the same thing. I think the worst case scenario, like, oh, my dog is going to die and then oh I'm gonna have to deal with this or it's just like one thing after another after another and it keeps escalating and I just have to remind myself to do the next thing just do the next thing that you can do in this moment and I think what's really helped me with that is having a schedule and having a calendar but then it goes to oh if I don't do that thing that I scheduled at this time I get really hard on myself Mm -hmm. so it's just this like back and forth and (laughs) Man, thank God for therapy. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, for sure. Well, getting back to the creativity, when do you feel most creative? I know you said you, you don't have a set routine for your writing process, but there, is there a specific hour of the day? Like I know for me, I feel most creative at nighttime, mm-hmm. which I was really hard on myself for a long time because I'm not a morning person. But I would yeah. say, oh, you have to get up and get things done in the morning because that's what people do. And now, like last night, I was editing an episode and I, I was up late, but I was focused Mm -hmm. so is there a specific time of day where you feel in a groove yeah retweet everything you just said i'm not a morning person at all and i (laughs) and so i wake up late and i'm like you piece of shit and i'm like i don't know i'm late i think it's at night because i mean that's when i'm doing stand-up most of the time that's when i feel the most creative yeah late at night like whether i'm at a show like or whatever i'm doing i feel i feel the most in tune with my creative process like at night i guess that's that's when i feel the most awake which is wild in the evening at night Mm -hmm. that's when i'm the most active doing stuff so that's when i feel the most creative does the environment that you work in have an effect on your ability to create or you could write from anywhere like you could be in a gas station bathroom and be creative yeah great question (laughs) i i was like i haven't even thought about that i think if i'm doing something like i don't know i don't know what it is but if i'm like in the middle of something and i'm this is wild. If I'm not thinking about what I'm doing, that's when my creative process is like the doing best. the dishes or like doing the folding dishes. laundry. If I'm out somewhere doing something with friends or like I'm, I'm pumping gas or stuff. If I'm actively doing something else, because then I'm not sitting there being like, what could what could I be doing right now? If I'm doing something, then my brain is like, okay, while we're doing this, let's think about some dumb shit. But if I'm sitting at home and I'm like, let's try and be creative, they're like. Or you have bills to pay. You have stuff you could clean. You could be doing other. What have you not done today? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. And then I can't do anything because I'm like, how can I be creative if I'm not human? If I'm not being a person right now? I think that's what happens when I'm driving. If I'm out, that's when it's like, that's when the most creative stuff happens. If I'm just out doing shit. Bringing back to another acting teacher, Landfield, I remember we did an 
exercise in his mm-hmm. class where we had to do an activity like it was a Meisner technique where you do an activity your scene partner comes in but you you have to engage with them but you also have to keep doing the activity like you cannot stop doing the activity and then organically you'll just respond to your did you guys ever do something like that we, we did a thing and I remember this is the first thing we did in Bohannon's class I had our first year it was a, like one of the first things we did and I was like I don't understand this we were supposed to do laundry believably you just walk in and you just do an activity or you, you do an activity like whatever. And I chose to do laundry. Yeah. I opened the door, walked in, set the laundry down and she goes, do it again. I don't believe you. And I remember being like, what the fuck is happening right now? I was like, this is the first thing I've done. What? What do you mean? You don't believe me. I just got here. And she was like, I don't believe you. Oh my God. And I was like, did you believe you? Huh? I thought, I don't know. I like, I walked in the room and she's like, I don't believe you. And I was like, well, then both of us are going to be here for a minute because I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like I'm just breaking I was like, did I turn the doorknob too fast for you? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Well, you're also not like at home where you would. I mean, I guess you're yeah. pretending like you're at home. Also, these like, walls are fake. Maybe that's why. Fake. Maybe that's why. This Black door is fake. Walls. Yes. I don't know. The wall's on wheels and there's people watching me do this. Right. Yeah. There's a lady I've never met telling me what's going on. Maybe yeah. that's why. Yeah. Acting teachers, man. Just acting in general. The, the shit we do like even going back to what you were saying like bullying yourself Mm -hmm. to get to that emotional place like I do that shit all the time yeah like there was a day where I knew I was gonna have to be emotional in a scene that night in acting class and I had to cry because of whatever I just had to cry and I was like no Zane you can't fucking cry you have to hold it in for the scene it's for the scene Mm -hmm. it's for the art and I feel like we do that we do it for the sake of the art and Mm -hmm but I don't care. So with that activity exercise, I feel like that goes kind of along with what you're saying. When you're doing something, things just kind of come out organically instead of, I struggle with meditating so much because you just, you're sitting there. But then I start thinking, I have to go do the laundry. I have to go to the grocery store. So mm-hmm. that that's so interesting. Maybe yeah. that's the secret. Yeah, I think what the meditating thing is, I, I think that's why yoga helped a lot is because like I'm meditating, but I'm doing something. I find a lot of the times like, the stillness is very loud for me. I think that's why the pandemic was hard. Is like, if I'm not doing everything, then my brain is like, let's talk about this shit we've been meaning to talk about. And I'm like, how about we don't do that? That physical stillness makes my brain run. So I think that's why I do a lot of stuff. Partially, I think is an escape where I'm like, oh, if I'm doing stuff, I'm doing fine. And I don't have to think about this shit. Yeah. So I think that's why my creative process is like, I, I function better when I'm doing stuff. Are you the opposite would you say you're really good at just sitting down and and doing stuff and you have this ability that i am so envious of to be relaxed and that ju- that's it just just yeah. be relaxed like yeah. i am never we had a conversation about going to a massage and how i feel like i am less relaxed in a massage because i have all this anxiety going on in my head about oh am i gonna fart or is my stomach gonna make noises <laughs> I you know like, like don't get a boner yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this feels nice but not that kind of not nice chill out dude nice. don't get kicked out <laughs> yes exactly so like a massage is not a relaxing experience for me but for you you just have this ability to just be calm what yeah. is that like Nathan? I, don't know. Well, I never thought about it until i started talking to people and yeah i guess it's not as common as i thought no, it was no, no, i thought no. this was just everybody we've had many conversations before and it was just i can sit there and and not think about anything like i can mm. just sit there i can sit on the couch and just 
nothing will come to mind. I can just be completely at peace and just listen to the sound and just sit mm-hmm. there and be completely content. Even mm-hmm. if and what gives you the right? right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense. I sit down still, and my brain is like, "Let's get ready to rumble." <laughs> yes. And I'm like, "Oh my god, please stop! Yeah. Just please stop!" Especially at night, right before I go to bed. It's just I don't like, know. Yeah, I don't have any like particular thing that I do. Like, even though I still have a million things that I need to think, I got this, and I got to do this, and I have to do that. But when it, there comes to a certain point, I guess it doesn't happen every day, and it doesn't happen all the time. Anytime I sit down, but there are some points in my day or in my week where I'm just like you know what this is it this is this is my time and I'm just gonna sit down here and mm-hmm. everything else see you later you'll still be there when I come back mm-hmm. to think about you in half an hour two hours but yeah at this time at this moment this is me this is for me so are you are, are you, you really know? good then at like okay if this is the task I'm working on this is all I'm thinking about this yeah. is the thing I'm getting yeah Man. yeah so yeah I there, admire that a if lot there's something that I just yes. like have my mind set on uh, yeah I'll just stick with it and just bust it out until I finished it. I'll, I'll, I'll be writing something or I'll be doing something on Photoshop and I'll be working until five, six o'clock in the morning without a break, just working eight hours, seven hours and till I get it finished. And then be like, okay, I'm finished. I'm tired now. Time to go to bed. That's Such it. Such a yeah. great quality. I'm very envious of that. Because <laughs> I'm in the middle of something and my brain is like, oh, we could do this. Oh, but, and then that thing is halfway done and then I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't finish that. <laughs> I am notorious for starting something and being really into it when I'm doing it, but then stopping and then just completely forgetting about it. I do it with my coffee. I'll make a beautiful cup of coffee. It's all ready to go. And then I want to sit down and drink it. And then I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to like switch the laundry or do, or walk Marvel. Do, do you drink coffee every day? I do. <laughs> do you? I can't. I really? can't drink coffee at all. Really? It'll give Does me a panic it... attack. See, it gives <laughs> me a panic attack. Fuck out. I drink coffee and I'm like... Why am I vibrating? I hate this. This is the worst. I mean, the uh, this is crazy. The only time I can drink coffee is like late at night. Then there's a reason I'm drinking it. If I wake up, already immediately when I wake up is the worst time for me. When I wake up, just know, immediately when I wake up, that's when I hate myself the most. I wake up and I'm like, oh, you ha- you slept in late. You haven't done anything. Here's the things you need to get done today. Why haven't you done this already? That's me. I open my eyes with that and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> if I wake up and immediately drink a coffee yeah. and I'm just pushing liquid anxiety into me, I'm like, the day's done. Day's <laughs> over. I'm just really? shaky for this. Yeah, can't do it. I've tried. Can't do it. So do you drink anything? Tea or you just get into your day? Do I'll you? do a shot. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, I'll be, I'll be whatever it takes. I'm not. I this is. I love breakfast food is my favorite kind of food. I yes. don't normally eat when I first wake up. It's the last thing I want to do. I wake up and I'm like, I can't even look at food right now. I think it's because I eat so late at night, maybe. We do too. Because like I mm-hmm. snack hella. Oh, yeah. we are snackers. And not even like, not even like snack foods. Like, oh, dude, I'll wake up at one in the morning, eat a piece of bread. Fucking watch me do that yeah. shit. I'll do that I'm too. Not, it's uh, the best. All the time, yeah. Dude, nothing. English muffin? Okay. Yeah. With yeah. salsa <laughs> on it though? He put fucking salsa Yeah. His oh, face. yeah. You yeah. Do it, you yeah this is not surprising. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, Gourmet guys, shit. My a handful of cheese at 3 a.m.? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mwah. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's all I'm going to do. Freaking but then, and then And then I'm surprised when I wake up at like 9 and I'm like, I can't even eat food. And my stomach's like, yeah, we had cheese two well, hours ago, you what? fucking weirdo. Why am I so bloated? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh like, I feel God. awful. It's like, yeah. That, you boys. That So are you the type of person that if you leave meat out overnight, like you'll still eat it? 
no problem. What do you mean, like, like, like Nathan? If we leave, I don't know, chicken out or like a burger out, and we don't put it in the fridge, yeah. like he'll put it in the microwave yeah, or something. Yeah, so you say for example, oh, if it's like on the counter, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gone. It's yeah. gone. We've done a thing like me and my girlfriend were like a grill stuff. If that stuff is not out of my sight, if I wake up because like I get up a lot of times in the middle of the night to like pee or get water. Yeah. Like, if I clock like a hot dog, <laughs> mm. gone. Oh yeah. It's gone. Right. I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Sit at your dog. Do you heat it up or you just eat it like that? Depends. Most of the time, probably yeah. not. Right. Yeah. No. See, I'm the same. Nothing. But but here's in, in defense of us. Here's what I'll say. You're telling me if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to pee, seeing a hot dog that you could just eat is also not an awesome feeling. <laughs> right. <Yeah. That's> <laughs> like you can't wake up and be like, oh, a hot dog I could just have right, right now. In 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 our mind, it's like one of those cartoons where it's just like this beam of light just shines down on this thing. And it's just like, oh. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, this is what I've been missing. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell no. you how many times my girlfriend has woken up because I've been making noise, and she just sees me hunched over a snack food, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> like, I'm hungry. Do you well, eat in? Do you eat in bed, or would she get mad at you? No, I because because we don't live together, so like if I eat in okay. her bed, that's like her bed. Yeah. Right, I, that's respectful. She she's in like a studio; she can see whatever I'm doing. So it's just me like making. So it's normally me hunched over like the counter, and I'm like, come back, come back, come back. <laughs> like a gremlin just yeah. in the middle of the night which like i empathize with her because she has a cat and he'll do shit in the middle of the night and i'm like oh that's probably what i'm like because he'll just get the zoomies in the middle of the night <laughs> he likes to get in cabinets so he'll like slam a cabinet at one in the morning and i'm like oh is that what i'm doing when i'm fucking slamming a cheeseburger he's doing that yeah. because he's giving you a taste of your medicine <laughs> yeah, he's like oh yeah, good morning like, right oh, oh you did this okay yeah, that's what you get motherfucker <laughs> yeah. no i just i don't know i'm i'm weird i guess because i guess this is like normal but I like to heat stuff back up. No, so no, no. Like- I want to make you feel better. That's normal. <laughs> okay. We're on the fringe of society right now. Okay. But to me, but to us, this is, yeah. I, I don't know anything different. Would your parents do this or are you just, you're I think just my hungry dad so you eat? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. You're yeah. hungry so you're eating. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to eat it now. I don't want to wait I mean, for the microwave. I guess I'm scarred for life because I got salmonella from this restaurant that I worked at. And so now I'm like a stickler about, oh, it wasn't Crossroads. It was another restaurant. But I got food poisoning from them and it, I had it for like three months. And ever since then, I just have been a stickler about food and like ex- expiration dates. What, and is, what, I don't know. what is food poisoning like? I've never gotten it. Oh, it's awful. It's, yeah, yeah, you're going to know. It's just, it's excruciating. At least for me, it was. Is ex- it like a stomach pain or like a head pain? It's, or it's a like- stomach pain. Like a That's lower. such a dumb question, I realized. <laughs> oh, it's a food you ate. Is it a head pain? No, it's in my stomach where I ate the shit. I mean, you know, like, it could, who knows where it could go. It goes yeah. everywhere. My elbows hurt when I have food poisoning? Yes. My eyelids are just really that. sore, man. Yeah. <laughs> my toes get fucked up when I have food poisoning. It could happen. If this has happened to you out there, like, that's, I'm so sorry. But for me, personally, it was like lower abdominal cramping, but it comes and goes. Like, it's not constant. But when it hits you, it's like somebody stabbing me with a knife and like just twisting it. So, and that would just come and go. You never know when it's going to come. And some nasty other things happen that I won't go into, but it's not fun. And mine lasted for three months. And I guess salmonella is contagious. So I couldn't work around food. So I was out of work for three months and they only gave me like $500. Salmonella is contagious? Yeah. Which I don't really understand. 
understand. I don't either, and I think it's bullshit. I think that's <laughs> right. bullshit. Yeah. What I mean, I got three months off of work, but then I wasn't making money. So mm. it's like back and contagious. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. But then they didn't have you back at that job, so it's like. Oh. Maybe that was a reason to get rid of you. They're just like, it's contagious. No, I did go back. Not coming back. How, how funny? They're like, someone else is actually contagious. And she's like, no shit. No okay. okay. I'll stay home. And they're like, that was easier than I thought it right. would be. Okay. okay. Yes, no, you did. Bye bye, back. Zane. I did go back, though, at, which was stupid. Why would I go back and work at a restaurant? They're like, they're like how, can, how long do I have to quarantine from Salmonella? And they're like, it's three months. Three months. Three months. <laughs> and you're like, wow, it's scarier than I thought. They're like, yeah, it's really getting people. Don't laugh. No, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, no. What if this is true? Oh, I'm going to Google gosh. it right now. Yes, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Oh, also, I, I put my phone to grayscale mode, so it's in black and white. And sometimes ooh. I forget I did that. And it scares the oh, shit out of me. Because I'm like, I just stopped seeing color all of a sudden. I did it because uh, I was looking at social media too much. And if you put your phone in black and white, you're not as interested in it. And you're on it less. That's brilliant. Thank you, I'm, Whitney Cummings. I'm that's doing who I that tomorrow because that's, oh, and it's so hard. That's another. Topic. Oh, it is. So it is contained. Okay, so well, they weren't trying to. Well, so salmonella is spread by the fecal oral route. So if you're wild out there, and can be transmitted by food and water by direct animal contact, and rarely from person to person. Rarely. Oh, rarely. Yeah, it. It's like yeah, they were trying to get rid rarely. of it. Rarely, but no, it's contagious for three months. What the fuck? <laughs> That's so weird. How is that possible, though? Because it's, like, in your body, not, like, in your Yeah, I mean, it's contagious if you're, like, licking raw chicken and then serving that to people. (laughs) Right. I don't get it. Yeah, maybe they just want to. I didn't want to work there anyways. That's wow. So funny. This is a learning. You got a paper cut? Hey, that's contagious, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, we really can't be coming for about five or six months. Yes. We can't do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's been other situations in my life where I got sick and they told me not to come into work and they they just don't. And then this just gives me more anxiety. Oh, God. This is. Let's move on. <laughs> Social media. Okay. Yeah. So that is another thing that we can talk about now. Being. A stand-up comedian and an actor and and someone who is is growing in success and exposure nowadays we do have to we have to use social media which i have a love-hate relationship with what is your opinion of it do you have do you have to post more do you just post when you know what what's going on with i have a hate hate relationship with it i don't like it even a little bit the idea of making content makes me sick to my stomach i am excited for my special to come out because then it means i can post content that i didn't have to make in the moment literally if if social media went away tomorrow i would be so happy i understand the importance of like having it as a creator and, and having a business thing but i i feel so inhuman doing it i post clips sometimes but i and now i just post when i want to i kept thinking it was like oh i have to keep a regular thing and i know that's what the algorithm wants but that's what the algorithm wants it's not what i want i kept trying to think of oh i have to be like on a schedule of stuff and it just made it would just make me sad i mean i I, i'm sure it's preventing me from like helping my career but i can't do it like i can't sit here and pretend that it makes me feel good to try and post all the time. I know people who do it very successfully and yeah. I'm like, good for you, but I can't block out that part of my brain that's like, why am I fucking doing this? Like, why? And maybe the feeling would be different if I like got stuff from social media. It's very it's very tough for me to like enjoy it because I'm doing comedy. It, it, as stand-up, like I, it's live. It's like very much how I'm doing live. So like 
trying to like get a social media thing that's like capturing that or like trying to I didn't start doing stand up because I want to make funny Instagram videos like I started doing stand up because I want to make f- people laugh in a room I shouldn't have to make a dumb thing on Instagram to prove that I could do that I hate I hate social media a lot how does your manager agent what is their opinion of that do they pressure you to post more is that something that they encourage expect of you it's it's always encouraged i i I wouldn't just like people who have success from it not even like management just like people who have success from it encourage you to post a lot yeah but i don't know i don't have a lot to post about so i'm like why am i faking it i i don't want to fake put like i'm sure when my special drops i'll post about that shit nonstop. but like this in between like i don't say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. want to do that i've resigned myself to the fact that like if i don't post on instagram enough like if that doesn't make my career fine i don't want that to be the deciding factor because i don't want to be stuck in a thing i don't want to do like there's some yeah. stuff that I, I i love posting like i'm doing this thing right now where i'm posting like these little audio clips on this app and that's very fun and i enjoy doing that it's like an everyday thing but like some sometimes it, it's just it can get so exhausting like trying to think of funny sketches I don't know, because most of the time when I try and think of funny content, I'm like, I can just make this a stand-up bit, mm-hmm. and then I'll benefit from this. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but posting content doesn't feel like it's for me. I'm not making it for me. Whereas, like, stand-up, I do bits that make me laugh, but they make other people laugh, too. But, like, Instagram content and other stuff, I'm like, I'm doing this for somebody else. It's like, but I don't get anything from Yeah, this. I mean, you don't even get their reaction. You don't get anything exactly. from it. I don't get that immediate, like, what is this? Like, yeah. I'm just trying to get more views. Right. What do I care about that? Yeah. What, what, what does that mean to me? Sure, I could make money from like views and stuff like that, but it's like, I don't know, that doesn't make me happy. It just makes me feel like a part of an algorithm and, and, and that kind of stuff. I'm, t- I'm tired of feeling like yeah. that. Trying to turn this podcast into a business is not something that I ever wanted to do. However, I want this podcast to reach more people. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I feel like I do have to utilize social media for that reason to Mm. to grow a following to to reach more people and i don't know i 
I want to be an actor, but I have to have a side job. We all do while we're trying to do this. And I was like, well, what's something I can do that I actually enjoy, but can also maybe be a possible job opportunity? What if I try to get sponsors for this and things like that? But mm-hmm. yeah, that's what they tell you. They're like, you have to you have to post more. You have to post like all the time. You have to be engaged on other people's pages and comment and th- it's just, it's so much and I really don't want to do it. But I feel like, I do, I feel this expectation that this show will not reach people that it could potentially inspire and give hope to unless I mm-hmm. grow my social media following. But, but can I be honest from my <sighs> perspective? Yes, please. This- this podcast doesn't feel like that at all. It feels very, it, it it just feels honest and like real and and natural. And it, sure, that stuff like comes with it, but also at the same time, like it, it if it doesn't feel like work, I think it's not going to feel like work to people listening to it. You know what I mean? Because because yeah. there's always things where it's like you can clearly tell someone is doing it because they're like, this will give me more views. This will give me that more stuff. I'm hopeful in the fact that I feel like stuff is switching back to if you're doing something that you're genuinely passionate about, Mm. people are going to gravitate towards that because they're like, oh, thank God, it's a break. You know what I mean? The downside is like people are consuming so much stuff lately that when you find something that like it feels like people cared about when they were making it, then you're like, Oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of shows out there, but the shows that I gravitate towards that I'm like, man, it must have been fun to make that show, Mm. whether it's a drama or a comedy. And I feel like this podcast is that there's not like, sure, you have like talking points and stuff you want to get to, but it doesn't feel tied to that. You know what I mean? You're not like, all right, we're going to stop right in the middle of this great moment that we're in and move on to something else. And there's awkward silence. It's like, we're talking about this until we're done with it. And then we're going to move on to this thing. If we don't get to that, fine. Like it, it, it it feels nice. So I hope that takes some of the, thank you so much. Wow. I feel so validated right now. Thank you for saying that because that that's all I wanted. One of the main podcast that I love is armchair expert with Dak Shepard. Nice. It's a great one. It's so great. And I think what I love about it is that it's like this, it's conversational. And I I have talking points that I, that I like to hit, but yeah, like you said, if we go off topic, great. That's what I want. I just want it to be, to be real and talk about the human experience as Dax calls it, like the messiness of being human. And I love that. And another thing that I, I took from him was like, oh, he's always recording. Like he just immediately starts recording. There's no go, there's no action. It's just, we're just talking and and we'll get there eventually. And we'll, maybe we'll talk longer than we're supposed to. And that's okay. That show inspired me to start a podcast. But what I noticed on that show was that it's it's a lot of known people. It's, it's all known people. It's mostly celebrities. And I mean, yeah. now he's starting to do like, like I love the armchair and dangerous, the conspiracy theories episodes, and I love that he does expert on experts, where yeah. there's like writers and things. But, but it doesn't feel like it's too. It doesn't feel like an interview. Like it's two no. known people, and that's what I like about this is because we're not ignoring the fact that like I know you guys. We're not being like this yeah. is an official interview for this podcast. <laughs> it's like we're yeah. friends. Like we're yeah. just talking, and I feel yeah. like that freedom and that relaxation is so. I think genuine energy is so much you can feel out so much more than like there's so many things like award shows even when it's like even though everybody's famous it feels weird they don't know each other but they're like put in this position whereas it's like who cares if we aren't world famous you know what i mean it's like we're we're having genuine conversation there's always going to be someone who's like wow i appreciate that i like Mm -hmm. that because 
I, I'm looking for that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yes. That whole thing, like, what is it? From field of dreams, build it, and they will come. Okay. Exactly what it's about. That. Thank you. That's that's great too. It's like, yeah, build something. I'm trying to build something that that I want, and the right people will like it, and the people who don't like it, that's okay. They'll find something else that resonates more with them. But yeah, that's the good side of there being so much content. Is like, so if this much. isn't for you. You will find something. But yes. if you like this, then you like this. And that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And and I think we need more of that. We need more of this. And I, I don't think just because we are not super famous, successful, which, you know, what even is success? That's another great question I'd like to ask you is your <laughs> definition of success. Which Because, yeah. like, what is that? But it's like the people who are, who are not quite there yet in the line like they still have compelling stories to tell and they are so worthy of of being heard and having a conversation with and that's why I created the show because I wanted to hear from those people the people who are in it they're in the process and they're they're doing great things obviously you were doing so much you were mm. killing it and no we're not all like Oscar winners right now but and that's okay we can still have yeah. great genuine conversations that other people can be inspired by I agree 100% I feel like people are also tired of hearing people who have it all yeah yes, <laughs> yes. I want to hear about people who are like man shit sucks but I'm trying right now yeah I'm sick of I'm sick and tired of hearing from people in my third house is having a bit of a rough time and I'm like eat my ass <laughs> yes. for breakfast lunch and dinner I don't care about you yeah like I'd, I'd rather just hear about like man this is like honestly how I'm feeling it's funny sometimes it's not but it's like I don't I don't know like just that genuine human experience I, I think that's the cool part of like glass half full because times are very wild the world is very wild there's a lot of stressful stuff going on I think what's nice though is it's kind of bringing more out like the human in people being like hey man I just want to connect with people I think yes. that's really beautiful people being like I just want to I just want to talk face to face to someone I just want to be here and live and and not worry about like if that's going to get me likes or if like what that's going to mean shit doesn't mean anything that sounds dark but it, like it doesn't i'd rather just enjoy it while it's happening than worry if i'm going to get famous because of it i think i needed to hear that and not that that was my goal was to to get famous but it's like no, but but like with this you're like success is like a hope for it with acting and anything is like the definition between like success and like fame like the the separation between the two is like Success. Do you want to be successful or do you want to be famous? Famous. Yeah. How would you define success? How would you define the difference between those two? I think for me, f fame would be like everybody knows you and like you're in the headlines. I think success is success varies per person. As far as like stand up for me, success would just be like it's my only source of income. I don't care if everybody knows who I am, but I would just like it to be the th the thing that I do. My version of success is of like I'm touring regularly and I'm doing shows that's successful for me. I could give a fuck if everybody knows who I am. If enough people know who I am or I have enough of a thing where I can do this and this is like my job, fine. I'll do that for the rest of my life and I won't give a shit. I don't care. Like th that's it. You see what fame does to people and it terrifies me. I just have enough, I have too much anxiety for like everyone to be like making opinions about me. Mm. Don't want that at oh, all. Oh yeah. yeah. I just want to, I want to be fringe enough to where like, I can make money doing it, right. but also like not have everyone, not have no one care about me. Right. That would be the cool yeah. middle ground. Well, and that's also a thing too that I've always thought about is like once you've hit that, that fame point, once you cross mm -hmm. that threshold, 
There is no going back. I haven't no. even thought about that. There That's is, crazy. There is no going back. It's not like, oh my God, next week, everyone will forget about me. That is it forever. There's people who were like famous years and years ago. You'll see articles where it's like, you won't guess what they're up to. It's yeah. like, I can't, I can get no break from this. Yeah. That's, I, I never even thought about that. That's For wild. the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing that like really sinks in with me. And I'm just like, oh wow. Like people actually... Like they want to do this, but maybe they haven't thought it all the way through. <laughs> wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> do you know what you're signing up for? No, this yeah. Wait a minute. Pretty wild. <laughs> That's so crazy to think about because I remember when I was growing up and I would watch Disney Channel and things like that. I'd be like, oh, mom, why don't you take me out to Hollywood? Why don't you give me an agent? I want to do the little Disney thing with the, the glowing stick that they do. I, I wanted that. I wanted to be Hilary Duff. And I'm so grateful that she didn't do that because mm-hmm. I would be a completely different person. And yes, I'm sure there, I know that there are wonderful people out there who are child actors. I'm sure they're great people, but I don't know, man. I, I think I would be a completely different person mm-hmm. if I, if I would have done Where that. Where are you from again? I'm originally from Indiana. Oh, and then I, okay. I moved to Florida when I was like 14 and that's where my mom still is. Mm, because my yeah. brain is like, you were from Florida and you're from... Australia. Also the Midwest. No, <laughs> Boston. From, Some people think he's from Boston. From, from yeah. Aust- Australia. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. Melbourne. I, I knew that I like part of it, but I didn't know if you were like had moved around at all. I don't yeah. know. I'm just, I, I love hearing born, about yeah, that from people. Born and raised people. in Melbourne. And uh, yeah, love moved that. out to Los Angeles when I was, what, 21? Dude, I want to go to Australia yeah. so bad. Come. We'll go. I've, I've gone so with him amazing. a couple of times. We were there right before the I pandemic I think I saw you guys hit. posting about that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's so yeah. fun. Yeah. Playing with kangaroos. I, know, I, mean, I get sunburned so, so bad, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's an like Australian <laughs> sun. I, I love it there. Honestly, like, I am getting to the point where I am sick of LA that I would be down to move there. Hey, can I tell you the truth? Here's the thing. There's so much important stuff here. As a whole, I hate the city. Yeah. I hate it so much. For a month during the pandemic, I lived in San Francisco, and that was my favorite place I've lived ever. Yeah. Wow. It was wild. Why were you there for stand up? Yeah. There was a, a a comedian who was like, "Hey man, he's like, I'm doing stuff on the road. I had never met him. He's like, I'm subletting my place for a month. I'm a comedian. It would be cool if another comedian filled up the place because there's so much stage time in San Francisco. The the scene in San Francisco is amazing. The comedians are hilarious, and there's so much paid stage time. And so I was like. Why not? I'll kind of do this. And I did that. I lived there for a month. It's so expensive. It feels like a European city. It's very like mm. different. It's very really? interesting. Huh. But it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And yeah, it was such a it's a, such a wild thing. I don't know why I brought it up, but it was No, it was that's great. <laughs> would you like to move there? Maybe have you considered that? Uh, yes. Because I talked with my therapist. Because I had I had always before wanted to go there. Hmm. And then I went and she's like, Do you feel that month that you live there that extinguished that? I was like, No. Yeah. I I love it there. Like it's it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's got a, it's it's hangups, but it's just a beautiful city. Do you think there's still work for you to do here in LA, and is that keeping you from going there, or do you feel a pull to stay here? Sometimes I don't know what keeps me out here. I think a lot of time what makes me stay in LA is like everyone has this feeling like we need to be here, but I don't know why I need to be here. That's me. <laughs> right now <laughs> why am I here like for stand up like a lot of the big venues are out here the agencies and all that stuff yeah. like the opportunities are there it's like but I I don't know and I feel like we all are like we should be out here but we're all standing <laughs> right. in a circle and we're like why but why but why, why am it's I so expensive. here yeah it yeah. is very expensive I mean to be fair San Francisco's also like arguably more expensive more, than yeah. here that's what I've heard yeah. yeah it's very expensive but I I don't know I feel like the good thing that came out of the pandemic is that 
especially entertainment was like oh we can do this from anywhere self-tapes and all that stuff anywhere I can do that from fucking anywhere yeah. yep. oh you want me to, you want to hire me for this thing in LA okay well then you just pay me to come out here I know yeah. that's going to co- not cost you a lot because you're a big production company you think $300 or $200 to fly me out is going to is going to make it de- no you won't even blink at that <laughs> that's what you spent nothing. on crafty today yeah like, you don't give a shit you wouldn't believe just segueing a little bit you wouldn't believe what these like studios pay for visual effects for one episode on a show it's Oh, ridiculous! Gosh. I can't even imagine. Ridiculous! Like the minimum you're you're getting into it for is like a hundred grand for one episode. Crazy! That's like, <laughs> you're, like you're, not gonna, you're gonna spend a hundred dollar flight for me to come out. Yeah, for one episode. Yeah, and so, you're getting paid no like twenty two dollars an hour. Come on, they can, also that's they not bad. Like not, an hour. not bad. Yeah, so that's like the dream out here because I'm I get like what sixteen fifty. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, like, <laughs> I get minimum wage and I'm like this is fine. This is great. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm functioning. <laughs> But it seems like you're, and I could be wrong, but it seems from social media, which, you know, is all a lie <laughs> at times, it seems like you're you're working a lot. So how how do you find work as a stand-up? Is it a manager that finds the work for you or do you do a lot of it yourself? I would say I, I'm very lucky. Is like, I think sometimes I take it for, I, I'm doing a lot. And I think that's like, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that I'm like doing stuff. For me, because I, I only have like representation for colleges. So regular shows that's just me and i think even if you have rep from what i've heard that's just you representation as far as stand-up will get you like tv spots they'll get you like crazy stuff but regular shows that's on you like the club owner's not going to book you because their manager said they book you because they know you or you're not going to open for a big comic because your manager said they're going to open you're going to open for them because you're friends with them so i've been lucky that like a lot of the shows i've been booking like regular shows have been through friends or have built really good rapports uh, with people. I'm really happy with the the places I'm performing at right now. Like one of my favorite places to perform right now, uh, Westside Comedy Theater is in Santa Monica. And they're like one of my favorite clubs. Like they're just, they're so good to the comedians, but the crowds are great and all that stuff. And I, I, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm performing at. So I don't know, I'm working, but it's still that balance of like trying to find out like where I can work like and make money, but like not sacrifice my happiness. And that's really the tough part. I feel like the places where I'm the most happy, like I'm not as financial making as much money. Yeah. I mean, but I, I don't know. It depends. I'm like, I, the wild part is like, after I started going to therapy, I really started prioritizing, prioritizing my happiness. And I benefited more from that when I was actively trying to benefit myself. Whereas if I'm just like sitting back and like trying to do the things that make me happy, I, I felt more stuff was coming from that. And I don't even think yes. it was like me saying no to things. It's like the state I was at, I was more ready to accept the things that I could benefit from. Whereas like if I was like searching for it, okay, I'm I'm open and ready for these things. Now I can take them. Whereas it's yeah. like, I don't know, man, if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then those are the times the things come because everyone feels that energy around you. Do you feel like there was a shift in your self-worth that you think started to bring forth more opportunities as well yeah i think once i because i mean and i'm still working towards it but i think right now where i'm at is my self-worth is fairly still pretty low Mm -hmm. it is hard for me when you're like oh you're doing a lot or hearing like you're a good person like that was our thing is like through therapy yeah we still work through this every day is like my therapist saying like you're a good person for a while she would ask me she'd be like do you believe me when i say that and i go no and I don't know why. And that's still a weird thing for me to be accept. It's like, you're doing a lot of things. You're doing so great. 
because my brain is immediately like, but here's all the things I'm not doing. You're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it is still very hard for me to accept that. What helps shift my focus is like, I'm grateful for the things that like I am doing. I don't remember the question. I, I don't either. But no, this is also, I'm just fascinated by you're giving such wonderful thought provoking answers. And the fact that you say you, you don't really know where it comes from. Is there a specific moment or a significant obstacle loss that you've encountered in your life that you think might correlate with these thoughts a specific loss in like in like what sense loss is in like losing a person or a specific situation in your life where where you felt really challenged or or really low maybe you considered just giving up that you think has really affected brought forth these thoughts yeah, I think it, genuinely, I, I feel like I lost myself. And that was such a weird thing is like, I felt like I was like, I don't know who I am. It, it was like beginning of the pandemic. Like I, I had time to sit and look at myself and I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I do the things I do. And I don't know why I'm feeling this way about myself. Like yeah. for a lot of time, like I thought I was like a neurotic person because it was like a quirk. But like I would sit back and I was like, man, I don't know what made me feel the way I feel and that was the hard part is like not only that is like I don't know how to explain the way I feel like about things I don't know where this I don't know where this stuff comes from I don't know how to to describe it so I think that feeling of like losing myself like really kickstarted me I think I need to be in therapy because a, a lot of it was too is like I want to solve it before it gets to like I'm 40 and I'm alone and I'm like how did I get here yeah. You know what I mean? I, I I felt like I had that anxiety where I was like, why am I feeling like this? Like, why? why There's good things happening. I would hear from people like, oh, you're doing so much. And I'm like, but why do I feel so shitty? And there's, mm-hmm. there's only so much I can do that masks like before I look at myself and I'm like, but why am I doing this? Why am I doing the things that make me happy or whatever? And I think that moment where I was like, man, I don't know like why I, I feel like I lost myself. And I felt like I lost like why I'm doing the things that I do. And thankfully, like going to therapy, I didn't lose doing those things. But I remembered like why they matter to me. I, I found new meaning in those things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like learn how to like just be a regular human and be okay with the fact that I'm not excelling at something. I don't have to excel at something to be happy with it. I can just spend a day getting groceries and doing laundry. And I didn't fail the day because I didn't ex- achieve something extraordinary. I just had a regular day you got through the day you you got up yeah and i mean there was so much of that where it's like i mean this stuff is i wouldn't even say it's like suicidal but it's just like i'm done like can i just stop doing all this stuff can i just get a break from all this stuff and that's the really like tough part of it is like i wish i could just like start over and do all this stuff and it's a very it's a very tough to go through yes i i totally feel that it's just it's hard to be human and and these things that should be so easy and i and i feel like really what's what's the word on i don't want to say ungrateful but i i just feel yeah ungrateful when i when i say oh i i don't want to drive to get groceries because i should be grateful that one i have a car two i have money to get groceries but sometimes yeah there's there's those days where i'm like i just i just don't want to do it i just don't want to human today you know and that's the hard part too is like what what happens a lot of time with me is like 
I'll get upset about the thing. And then when I have the breakthrough about it where I'm like, oh, I should be grateful about this. Well, now I'm upset at myself because I had those because other feelings. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Can I catch a break with myself? And it's like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like just forgiving yourself be like, man, I'm just trying to figure this shit out. And that that grace. That grace for yourself, which is like where... Because nobody else is going to give that to you. No, mm-hmm. no. People are going to be like, why are you doing this thing? Like, it just takes you being like... yeah. I'm trying my best, man. I don't know. Especially in this city, too. Yeah. (laughs) Of any other. Like, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, I'm perfect at what I'm doing. Mm. And I'm like, you're Mm. hiding something. (laughs) That's the big thing in like the the comedy community, too. Like all the the, like the cleanest comedians, the comedians who are like, I don't know why everybody does all this thing. It's like, what are you hiding? Yes. Like, you're not going to this dark place. Why? Why are you avoiding it? And, and you feel like you can go to that dark place in your comedy routine pretty easily. Were you able to do that before therapy? I don't think I could. Well, because I don't think I had, I was able to put a name to like the anxiety and that kind of stuff. Like what it what it was because I didn't know for myself what it was but I think now like even though like in my act I might not as much but like even with a podcast or something I'm totally comfortable talking about it because it's it's just the truth and I feel like the more honest I am with myself like whether that's on stage or like off I think it's more freeing for me too mm-hmm. and I'm just hoping that like somebody resonates with it no I'm sure there's there's many people so and <laughs> you're gonna I, comment I, on the podcast they're like we don't fucking know what this guy's talking yeah, about at talking all about. <laughs> you, you had a serial killer on the podcast I bet it's hard though like as as someone who I don't want to say contractually but but someone who is required as their job to be funny Mm -hmm. while also being a human and dealing with life like that that has to be hard I don't know because most of the time my default is to make fun of something like if a crazy situation is happening most of my time is like my brain will go aside and be like this is kind of fucking wild this is happening my default is to make jokes in my brain I think it's like a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. but like if something serious is happening I'm the first to like laugh about something if i'm in an argument or like a conversation with someone if they say something funny or like my brain goes somewhere i have to stop myself from going (laughs) because it's just my initial reaction but i guess it 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 works for you and then you can take these moments and give it to other people make money from it you're you're giving joy to others you're giving something relatable content and an escape yeah um a break like you said and and you're also able to use what you're feeling to have an income which i guess that's kind of trying trying <laughs> yeah. Hard as shit. yeah is this your only job right now or do you have some some no side i have a couple muscles? other jobs yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you the doing? shitty part is like right when the pandemic was hitting comedy was paying my bills and i was like i'm on top of the world and then the world was like eat my ass <laughs> yeah that's um, what you get motherfucker. but no i have a couple like regular jobs what do you do i'm an axe throwing coach what? Jeez, yeah, it's yeah. pretty goddamn awesome. That's so, and you look the part and everything. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's yeah, so it's, fun. It's really fun. You guys should come do it. It's yes. really cool. It's yes. really fun. Oh my, I will suck. I've done it once and I suck, but I will come. Uh, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. No, you won't. Uh, you might have sucked before, <laughs> but it's one of those things you can pick up pretty fast um, oh. if you have a good coach. Yes. No, but it's really, it's really fun. It's really cool. It's like a thing where it's like it's wild. It's like 
my day job. Yeah. That's like my main thing. That's like my day job that I do. I do editing and stuff like that, but axe throwing is like, yeah. How did you fall into that? <laughs> he really uh, is a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, have, I have weapons experience. He really, I like how you were like, guys, if you did clock that, he is a serial killer. Yeah, um, serial killer. Don't think I forgot. No. Um, no, my girlfriend used to work there. I can't remember how she, but she put in a good word for me. That was and nice. Yeah. Well, now the running joke is they're like, when is she coming back? And I'm like, fuck you guys. But no, I got it through that. And I have teaching experience too, like through martial arts and all that stuff. So teaching a dangerous thing, they're like, well, you teach this other dangerous thing. And it's it's been really cool. It's really fun. That's so much fun. And that's also like a release in a way. Like, yeah, we have a thing that's just like better than therapy. Like yeah. it is. Yes. Oh, coupled with therapy. That's all you need. I really want to take a kickboxing or something class just to like Do get it. it out. Yeah. Because you, you need... I feel like as a human, you need the healthy thing. You need the talking about your feelings thing. And then you also need the beat the shit out of something thing. Like we did one of those break rooms yeah. where you yeah, just go yeah. in and you just hit up. I have a question about that. So yes. I was talking about this with someone recently. These break rooms, is everything already broken when you get in there? Oh, go ahead. You can explain. No, that. go for it. I'm so curious because I've never <laughs> done one. And this will, this answer will affect if I go to one or not. Okay, then you do it because I'll ruin it. All right. You're so when you go in, you pay like your fee for your, and you sign your liability waivers and all that sort of stuff. But with your initial fee that you pay per person, the one that we went to, they gave you like a stack of plates. They gave you a stack like of Ikea bowls, plates. Ikea plates, Ikea bowls. And you go into this room that then already has some like, beating up stuff in it, car parts, mm-hmm. some Computers. tubs, some computer bits, like stuff that's already kind of bashed on the ground. So you go, then there's a basket of like baseball bats, hockey sticks, crowbars, uh-huh. all this sort of stuff. And you just go to town. You throw stuff, hit stuff, do all that. And okay. you, I think yeah. if you pay a little bit extra, you can bring your own stuff. You can bring stuff. your own stuff. So okay. now we're so compiling that's the thing, stuff. That, yeah. my, my qualm with it was always that like if I show up and everything's already flattened, I'm like, well, I don't have anything to break. Yeah, yeah. no. But there's stuff. That's good to know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And okay. I think you can also, there's a room where there's a car, like an actual car. You can go in and you can smash the shit out of the fucking car. So that's how I want to bring my car. Right. <laughs> just drive it's it in. Yes. how much gas it costs <laughs> to put in you. Yes. Oh, it just, it feels, maybe slammed, that could be our double date. I slammed the fucking side of my car today on the oh, way here no. because it happens. I'm, I'm already missing a piece of it, but. My mom's going to listen to this podcast and she's going to be like, I fucking told you to be more careful. She will. She listens to everything. But the exit out of my apartment complex is really tight. So you have to make it wide or else you'll scrape on the side. And when I was leaving today, I was like, I think I got this shit covered. And I just slammed the fucking side of my car into it. But the piece that I hit is already missing from the time I did it before. So no damage. Are you a car person? Like, do you? Neither am I. He is. But I just... I don't care about my car. If I bang it up, whatever. It's a I admire car. a beautiful, like, classic car. But if you ask me any question about a car, Nothing. I'll probably cry. I don't know. <laughs> I'll get too stressed. I'll be like, I don't know. There you go. That's what, you, that's what somebody's going to yeah. do before you have to cry in an acting scene. Yes, think ask about fixing about a car. A car. <laughs> oh, my so gonna be like, gosh. You know what they'll ask? They'll be like, how many miles do you have in your car? And I'll go, <laughs> That's some new techniques. That's freaking brilliant. You just changed my acting career. There we go. Now if I get an Oscar, I'm going to be like, I'm going to thank Nathan for... (laughs) (laughs) Something like so simple. We're giving you tools. Speaking of comedy and acting, so I know you do both. Do you feel a pull towards one or the other or you have an equal love for both? Stand-up for sure has more of my attention. And I think... 
when I got more opportunities at stand-up, I felt like there was a crossroads where I was like, oh, I have to pick one. Not mm. really. I don't know. But that when I was when I got management for stand-up, I was like, okay, I feel like I have to really lean into this or it's going to go away. And I think the cool part about going to acting school is I was like, okay, this solidified my love for performing. But when I started doing stand-up, I was like, well, my favorite way of performing is stand-up. Acting is like awesome. But if that conflicts with stand-up, I won't do it. Stand-up has way more of my priority. I care about it way more. It, 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 it's the thing where if like if I had to stop doing one for the rest of my life, I would stop acting and I would just do stand-up. Have you always felt that way or was acting the original dream? In middle school and high school and then like at college, like that was the thing until I started doing stand-up and like really taking it seriously. And I was like, oh, this this feels different. Yeah. Obviously, if I could still act for... I, I feel like I would be sad if I could never act again. But I think my life would be destroyed if I could never do stand-up again. So what is what is that feeling like when you are doing a stand-up comedy show and you look out into the audience and you see that these people are having that break that you talk about and enjoying life and being present in the moment and laughing? Like, what, what does that do for you? What's that feeling like? Do you think that eases the the dark thoughts they're not even there i mean mm. when, when i when i'm on stage like there's nothing's there but me and i mean that's the like when you were talking to earlier about like oh this is the thing i'm doing and then when i'm done with that i'm doing something else mm. nothing in my life has ever felt like that until stand-up when i'm up there telling my jokes the only thing that matters is what i'm saying next how the audience is reacting nothing else feels like that and that's why i feel the most alive and happy when i'm on stage because that's when I feel like I can expand the most and I can just breathe. Even though arguably it's the most stressful thing I'm doing, I I, I can breathe the most when I'm on stage because I've got two things to worry about. How are they reacting? What am I saying next? And that's it. It's the most euphoric feeling I've ever had. Like when the audience is on board with you and they're laughing so hard, oh my God, there's nothing like it. It's insane. It's crazy. I think that's why... I love theater so much more mm-hmm. than film because you get that immediate reaction even sure. even if it's not laughter like you just you feel the energy and there's there's nothing like it. Yeah, when you're there and you're like there's not nine takes. I think what's nice is like the payoff and the failure. If you're on stage and you do something bad immediately and even though that sucks right away. You don't have to guess. You don't wait for it to come out and then people say stuff but then if you're doing something on stage and people applaud and you do something great right then and there you fucking feel that out and i feel like going back to the social media thing if all that shit went away that's still there and that's that just real human like interaction i i think about this a lot where i'm like if we're in the apocalypse how much would performance matter it's like a lot because a lot. the storytellers and stuff that can make people feel stuff like who have theater experience or like stand-up experience we don't need a bunch of crazy shit to make stuff happen. We can make people feel these emotions. And yeah, that live performance of like people really like enjoying a joke is like, yeah, it's crazy. How do you handle a moment when a joke doesn't land? How, how do you I move that over? I move on fast. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's forget. What I love to do is I love to address it because some people don't do that. That's I brilliant. love, my favorite thing to do is when a joke bombs, I'll, I'll tell the audience, I'll be like, you guys are really good at not at telling me that that sucked. <laughs> I love doing that because then it breaks the tension of like, I've noticed when people are like suck, but they're like trying not to, or like when they're not aware, that's when it goes the worst. But if I tell a joke and that joke eats shit, if I'm immediately like, that one sucked pretty hard, huh? 
then the tension's breaking because they're like, oh, we're, we don't want to make you feel bad because we didn't enjoy it. Yeah. We just didn't enjoy it. Do but it. if I let you know, I'm like, hey, I clocked that you didn't enjoy it and I don't give a fuck, yeah. then everyone's like, oh, and then the rest of the set goes fine. Right. So my favorite thing to do when a joke doesn't go well is to acknowledge that it didn't go well. Mm. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. Yeah. That's brilliant. I wish we would do more of that in, in real life. Like how, I, I or really- even like in acting, how funny would it be if you were like doing a Shakespeare scene <laughs> yeah. and someone wasn't enjoying it? You're like... This writing's pretty fucking weird, huh? I feel like it'd be so great if they were like, that word doesn't even mean anything today. Yes. Be like, Ooh. People would be like, I know, I didn't get it. You're giving them permission to just like, to let go and to just, like we were talking about earlier, just be honest. And I wish we would do that more in real life. Like, I think we've done it a couple times where we like mess up a word and we're like, whatever, it's worse. Yeah, if we could just break out of the matrix every now and then and be like, hey, that kind of was fucking weird, huh? That we did that. Like, yeah. That'd be so, it'd be so much more relaxing for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why, who taught us that? Who taught us to just breathe? over it and pretend that it didn't happen like if you fart you fart if you say a word wrong you say if i fart during my massage i fart during my massage and it's okay yeah it's not like you push it out on purpose <laughs> right? just... and even if you did props to you <laughs> thank you for being like oh uh, and they're like huh and you're like i needed to get that out right, i've been that's been sitting there all day <laughs> so, well because that's what they're doing sitting there all day <laughs> i think there should be a specific type of maybe there is a specific type of massage where you go and it there's, I feel like there is something like that. I know they do stomach massages when you're bloated, and that's gotta be Yeah, they can't be surprised release. if you fart. Right. They're no. gonna be like, oh, it's like you're pushing on my guts. Yes, uh, what do you fucking expect? I think it's almost a compliment. Right. If you like rip ass during a massage, you're like, wow, you haven't felt like this in a while. And you're like, I haven't. I fucking, I'm chilling. Right? I fart you, in you yoga good all the time. Your job. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna tip my God, you more there's an now. Extra five bucks right there. Yes. I'm fucking empty. Oh my gosh, I'm like, empty thanks to you. Can we normalize farting during massages? Yeah, I might push them out now. Yeah, yes, please do. Let me know when you do. I will. <laughs> I could keep talking to you for hours. It's literally been like two hours. Oh shit, really? <laughs> yeah, which it hasn't even felt like that. But oh, I, I feel like I should I should wrap it up so you can have your moment with, with Grammy because she's getting anxious to come play out and, and, and play with her. But any advice you have for up and coming comedians that you wish you would have known when you started your journey? Hang out at shows. And don't try and expect anything from it. People go to shows and be like, I hope I get a spot on this show. I'm doing this to network. Stop networking to network. Just go and hang out and have a good time with the people that are there. That's it. If an opportunity comes from that, great. If not, you had a good time with fucking people. Stop expecting and hoping for stuff. Like stand-up is also such a weird thing where you like you don't know where opportunities are come from. Stop expecting them to come. Just go and live your life and enjoy. And you're going to have so much more fun doing that because this this job is going to beat you down so much anyway. Just go and enjoy it to enjoy it. Like go see a show because your friends are on it. Watch them do the thing that they love and it's going to make you feel so much better. And they're going to be happy that you're there. And probably from doing that, more opportunities will, will come about. I, I feel like the yeah. greatest things that have happened to me in my life have just happened because I was just living. I was just living in the moment. And yes, you can plan as much as you want. And of course we do kind of have to have a game plan and a schedule and things. But but the more you just, I think when I, I learned this when I graduated from the academy, I had everything planned out. I was going to get an agent, get a manager. I was gonna start booking shit. And then I was gonna start making money from acting. That didn't fucking happen. 
and that's okay. And I think I found out that I have to find something that brings me joy in the meantime. And so that's where this came from. That's why I took a semester of school last year, just just to take some classes. I originally planned on getting my bachelor's and I don't wanna do that anymore. And that's okay. But mm. just finding those things in the meantime that you're not doing to seek a specific end result. Yeah. Yeah. That that's 100%. such that's such great advice. I feel like that's relatable for just everyone, actors included. Don't go to these premieres or Oscar parties and expect anything. Just go like have fun. Celebrate the movie. Celebrate the stand up. Anything you'd like to promote that's coming up? I know you just booked a commercial. Do you have any shows coming up? I did up? that. I don't know when this is coming out, but my special is hopefully dropping on YouTube. How did you come up with the idea to do that? Where was it shot? What was um, that process like? It was, it came very much from like, I'm sick of waiting for doors to be open for me. I'm just going to fucking do it myself. And I spent a lot of money to do that, but I did it at Loft Ensemble in North Hollywood. I'm part of that theater company, so I didn't have to pay to use the space. And a lot of supportive people are there. And I shot it. We did two shows. And it was originally just going to be like an audio album that I could like pitch to put on stuff. But then we just filmed the whole thing and we've been editing it as a special and I'm releasing it. So that way, because that was the thing is like, I want to reach out. I want to do more shows on the road, but I didn't feel like I had a, a thing where I was like, Hey, you can watch this. I can do this thing. Mm. Whereas like, Hey, I put out this special on my own. Like it's now more of a networking thing. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for it to come out. It's like, it's going to be about 45 minutes, I think Sweet. of That's material amazing. that I've been wow. doing for a long time. Yeah. That's so wow. exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I really yeah. hope you can, I don't know, be kind to yourself when it does come out mm. and and just be proud of, of the work that you did on it. And, and I I know you have like a weird reaction when people give you compliments, but, <laughs> but and which is totally understandable. I do too. And, and also just knowing if, if they're genuine, but Noah, I will genuinely say that you are so inspiring. Mm. And I just really appreciate that you keep the audience in mind when you are creating your your show because I don't think a lot of people I'm, I mean I'm sure there are a lot of people that do that but there's a decent amount that don't and mm -hmm. they're just in it for the money and the social media following and all that and and you, you wanting to give people a break I'm gonna cry you want to give people a break right now that's what we need so thank you it's very kind of you. Thank yeah, you. and I, I hope you can have a moment where you're like, I, I did this. I created something. Whether I, I hope so, too. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, so in too. the middle of I a I want to immediately pandemic. scroll down in the comments and go, what do they think? What do they think? How do they feel? Which is, of course, we're, we're human, and that's okay to do that. I do that, too. When I, so, but no, I just really hope you can like take a moment and creating something right now the way the world is like putting your heart and soul into something spending money on something when you could be spending money on like savings whatever that fucking means or <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna buy a house no i would much rather be fucking broke and produce sh short films or this podcast because it's like that's what gives us fuel and it's doing it's a service for other people and i really see that that service for others in your work. So thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank, thank you for you. doing that. Thank you so much for coming on. And this was just such, just yeah. so easy. This is great. This is, uh, yeah, yeah, it was so awesome. It was, so thank easy. you so much for having me. This was a fucking blast. Yay. I love this. This was great. Good. Well, we're gonna go ax throwing together. We'll go to one of those yes. breakers. That can be like our date 
our double date That'd if you great. want. We can just go awesome. like yeah. throw break shit and break shit. Break shit. Throw shit. shit and break shit. Yeah. Yes, and drink more Manhattans, which yeah. we're gonna do right now. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Hell Ooh. yes. And now it's time for Game Time with Grammy, the part of the show where Grammy comes out and plays a little game. Yes, hello, dears. Uh, it's your favorite part of the show, Game Time with Grammy. And I'm here today with, with Noah, I think I'm saying it right, Kopfer. <laughs> yes. What's your middle name, dear? Adam. I'd like to know. Adam. Adam, Noah yes. Adam Kopfer. Wow. <laughs> That's just... that. What's your t- you, I heard from Zany that you have a twin. What's your twin's name? Phoebe. Oh, my gosh. That's adorable. It is. Well, wow, she got a better name. No offense, dear, but no, Phoebe, that's you. super cute. Well, thank you for being here. Of course. We are going to play a little game, and uh, we always try to cater the game to the guest. So, Nathan, Game Master, take it away, dear. <laughs> Gonna have a little whiskey. It's a little, little strong for my taste. I usually have my Harvey Wallbangers. A little sweeter. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna play along. I'm gonna play along today. Thank you for that intro, Grammy. So, You're welcome, dear. No, Grammy uh, party's hard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Back in my day, still haven't told a story when I party with Charles Manson, but that's a different time. Different time. I've been leading up to that for a while, but that's a different story. Anyways, game time with Grammy. Yeah, so today's game yes. is inspired by Noah, because Noah is a comedian, loves a good joke, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Do you hate, sorry, a really quick question. <laughs> Do you hate when people ask you to tell them a joke? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would too. Well, then now we don't have a game. No, oh. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm what, kidding. Do you say, what do you say when they ask you that? Do you just punch them in the face? I go... No. <laughs> I have a very funny story about that. Oh, yes, tell it. So I was doing college stuff, and there was like, uh, well, someone was like, tell a joke. And I was like, because also my comedy's not like that. It's like very mm. observational and stuff like that. But I uh, I was telling, there was this kid who came up and was like, you know, because you're dealing with college kids, sometimes it can be like a little obnoxious. And I, you know, when you do these showcases for colleges, you're performing in front of like 600 people. And I have a joke about candles. And the kid who was giving me a hard time earlier when he asked, like, tell me a joke. And I was like, no, I had a joke about candles. And he got a candle from somewhere and in the middle of my set ran up on stage and, like, handed me a candle. And it was the most stressful I've, stressful thing that's ever happened in my life. I was like, you don't realize what you're doing to me right now. Like, this is my <laughs> bread and butter and you're stressing me the fuck out right now. What did you do? What did you do with I just candle? held it up and I went, yeah, and everyone cheered. And then I, he went out to after he's like, sorry. I was like, don't ever do that again. That's so rude. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But I yeah. loved it that you set this boundary. You just say, no, and mm. you move on. You yeah. know, I think saying no, I'm trying to teach Shani to say it more. She commits to a, too many things, too many jobs. Mm. You just say no, and then you feel a little empowered. Nathan does this too. You say mm. yes to too many yeah. things, dear. You got to let it go. So Grandma no. got the knowledge. Yes, always, mm. dear. I'm so wise. Uh, <laughs> so just say no. I mean, you know, the whole just say no to drugs thing, that's... You know, there's a little lenience there. Um, you know, so just say no to the things that you know that you want to say no to. That's what the shirt should have been. Yes. <laughs> say no to the things that you know you should have said no, no to, to, you know? It, you know, exactly. Yes, he gets it. See, he is funny. Wow. It. Didn't even have to ask him to tell me a joke, but that's a joke. Oh, look, I could be a stand-up comedian too. Okay, time for the game. All right. So, our game that we have is, again, going back to you being a comedian, uh, 
I have gone through the internet and I have found some quotes, some jokes, some one-liners from famous comedians. Oh, shit. And I'm going to read them Sorry. out loud. Right. And No, we... Oh, it's okay, dude. Shit's my favorite <laughs> word. Shit is my favorite word. Yes. And so we're going to go backwards and forwards. No, you'll do one and then Grammy will do one. Oh, goodness. And... I hope I care haven't the next made it, one. I haven't made it too difficult. I have given you three options to choose oh, from. Oh, multiple choice. Multiple choice. Of who it could be. Of who it could be. Thank goodness. So, yeah, I felt like that could have been just insane Man. to be like, which comedian said uh, Yeah, this? multiple choice. That's the reason I passed high school. Yes. <laughs> yes. Multiple yes. choice yes. tests yes. exist. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There oh you go. Okay, All I'm right. not so hip with the, with the, new, with the new people. Yeah. Um, I, I don't get uh, cable. I'm not I, hip with the old people, right. so I feel oh, like together yeah. we'll figure okay, it out. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. We'll, so is there a point system? Well, so do we win point, anything? Yeah, How a, do I win? There'll How be a, do a point, I system. Yeah, point system. So what we'll do is, because there is, for every joke, for every uh, comment, quote, uh, there are three possible answers. Mm. So if you guess and you guess it wrong, then your opponent has the opportunity to guess out of the other two. Oh, if they get it, if they get that right, it's a showdown, Grammy. If they okay. get it right, then they get that point. Okay. 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 So it doesn't like go back to me and what? What did I win? No, I mean, no, I don't think. Jesus, so. did I do it wrong? Like I was saying. Okay. Grammy's got a bit of a heavy pour. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm like, just Ugh. gonna. I'm just gonna take a little break. Yeah. Oh, Sadie, so. well, she got the strong stuff. My good, you good choice. Good with your dream. Yeah. So, forgive me if I butcher any of these punchlines or any of the uh, the I timing of it. I expect performance we'll do it. level right. deliverance with each one, go. Nathan. Okay. Who, who would like to go first? Oh, the guest. The guest, the guest can I'll go. I'll go first. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> the U.S. military are pulling out of Baghdad. Fair enough. Withdrawing is what you do after you fuck something. Is it Jimmy Carr? Bill Burr or Chris Rock? Jimmy Carr? Correct. It is Jimmy Carr. Oh my goodness. How did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) It had such a very clear, like, delivery and structure. Mm. And I feel like out of all of them, Jimmy Carr is the more, like, one with that yeah with he's, he's very like yep yeah, this this strategic yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest I freaked out though because I was like all three of them could have said it right Whoa. <laughs> that's why I tried to pick some of them though I was just like oh I know Bill Burr has like some jokes like that too where he's sort of in the similar vein so I don't know any of these go. people except Chris Rock that's really that's not that's not good. I am not gonna do well. Okay, congratulations. Hey, one, point one point to, to Noah. Noah. Wow, that was that was whoop, tough. Whoop, 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 whoop. How many of these are there? Uh I think we have about eight or nine. Oh goodness. Cool. Okay, awesome. Bruce, give it to me. Bring it on, Grammy. Oh we go, goodness Grammy. gracious. I hope Bo Burnham's in here. That's the only new one I know. And he's different. Okay. And he's different. <laughs> different. I wish people would stop making fun of fat people. They have enough on their plates. Oh, that's not very nice. Is that Jerry Seinfeld, Sarah Silverman, or Eddie Murphy? Oh, I feel like that sounds very Seinfeld. That is incorrect. What? That is incorrect. Oh my gosh, can I? I can't take another you guess. You cannot take another Wait, guess. Wait, what were the other options? Now it goes over to Noah. Uh... Was it you have two choices now? Was it oh, Sarah I think Silverman I know. I or think Eddie I know. Murphy? Sarah Silverman. 
It was not Sarah Silverman. It was Eddie what? Murphy. Fuck. I don't know a lot of Eddie Murphy stand up. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Wow. Was from one that of, was my second choice. It was uh, I think it was either from Raw or Delirious. He said mm. that. One. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, nobody gets that There's one. No points mm. one in this that. This is round. a good game. You did this a lot is, of research. This is Yeah, this is a tough game. <laughs> okay. Okay, so our next one. I like a woman with a head on her shoulders. I hate necks. Was it Kevin Hart, Steve Martin, or Gabriel Iglesias? I don't know. Steve Martin. It was Steve Martin, correct. Oh my goodness. And here, here's how, because what were the three options? Uh, Kevin Hart or Gabriel Iglesias. Okay, Kevin Hart, I don't think would set up a joke like that. His is a lot quicker and stuff like that. Um, and uh, head on her shoulders is an older phrase, mm-hmm. and Steve Martin's been doing stand up oh. a lot longer than uh, Gabriel Iglesias has. Mm. This is amazing. You go. See, I love where your mind's at. I love you it. really it's... know your comedians, and and well, I mean, the structure. second one didn't really show that because <laughs> Raw Delirious is two of Eddie Murphy's biggest ones, and I was like, well, I fucking you never know, heard of that. I mean, you have so much knowledge in your brain, <laughs> like, but how do you? Can we take a pause because I have a question? Yes. This is my time. <laughs> so I can do what I want with it. So Grammy's Gr- got yes. Yes. She wants. Yes, yes. I want to know. So when you're watching comedy, mm-hmm. are you able to enjoy it or are you analyzing it? Uh, I'm able to enjoy it. Okay. If I know, like if it's a famous comedian, I already know they're better than me, so I'm not like, oh, I'm trying to analyze. like um I I'm able to enjoy it. Okay. I haven't hit that point yet where I'm like I, I analyze it a little bit, right? Um, but I, I'm still able to very much enjoy it. But how do you know just by the structure of the? Is there a formula that you know that we don't know? If I've heard a, if, if I've heard a comedian a lot, I know their cadence, and if you know their cadence, even if it's written out, you know what their joke is going to sound like. Wow! Like even though Kevin Hart's an incredibly talented comedian. It's not as much wordplay in his comedy. Mm. Whereas like Steve Martin's was. Gabriel Iglesias is a little bit. But then head on your shoulders is like a good head on your shoulders is something mm. that like a dad or a grandpa would yes. say. Yeah. And that's something that like Steve Martin would say not really as much Gabriel Iglesias. Mm. That's amazing. You're a I smart love, cookie yeah, over there. I love there. how you like, Thanks, Look, that together. She, awesome. You just, she, he, <laughs> that, <laughs> that person over there really knows his, his comedy. My goodness. Okay, I guess that means it's my turn. Okay, I Grammy. need to start thinking like, like you are and, and to, analyze. To be fair though, I'll give you a lot of credit because none of these I know like right off the bat am I like, oh, I know which one that is. Yeah. So it's still anyone's game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm yeah. going to start taking my time you're gonna start taking your time yes (laughs) yes Yes. i'm gonna start taking my time and boy is it gonna be a surprise whoever it hits because i trusted it and it's not a fart (laughs) it's got some debris it's an asteroid field sorry to be graphic grammy but you said That's just how Grammy says her asses. So sometimes it comes out as shark. <laughs> sometimes it's a shark. Oh, poor Grammy. Sometimes, sometimes a fart's a shark for Grammy. <laughs> yes. Oh, poor Zania. What if that happens during the massages? <laughs> Shots instead of farts. Yeah, that's when you apologize for a fart during <laughs> yes. massages if it's a shark. Yes. Right. yes. Make sure she knows the difference because she might not. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Here we go, Grammy. After I quit drinking, I realize. 
I'm the same jerk I always was. I just had fewer dents in my cup. Was that Richard? You said it was your accent. So can you can you say it again? <laughs> After I quit drinking, I realized I was I am the same jerk I always was. I just have fewer dents in my cup. Was it Richard Pryor? Oh God. Robin Williams? Oh God. Or Jim Carrey? Can you say the quote again? Yeah. <laughs> After I quit drinking, I realized I am the same jerk I always was. I just have fewer dents in my car. Jerk. Okay, who would call himself a jerk? Can you say the names again? Richard Pryor. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Robin Williams. <laughs> or Jim Carrey. Oh! I just, I don't know if Robin Williams would call him a jerk. Called himself a jerk. Jim Carrey, maybe, and I don't know the first one. Oh gosh, you're laughing because I'm totally off. <laughs> um, Jim Carrey? It is not Jim Carrey. I mean, not I should go with Carey. my gut. All right, let's see if he gets it. No, activity. He'll Robin get it. Williams. It is Robin Williams. What? <laughs> but I, would, would he call himself he a did. jerk? He has a substance abuse problem, so yes. <laughs> oh, snap, that's right. Yeah. And oh, I was no. laughing because you didn't know who Richard Pryor was. Who is Richard that is Pryor? Also funny. I was laughing at that too. <laughs> who is that? Uh, Richard. Uh, he's just he's just a very like iconic, older comedian that did just sort of paved the way. That just yeah, did some, like picture. really yeah, groundbreaking me, things. Might, see, Grammy was my phone is in black and white, but no, I that's feel like... great. That, that's perfect for me. Grammy's <laughs> um, used to black and white pictures. Yes. Oh yes, he's handsome. I remember seeing him. Okay, okay, yeah. I know him. I just, Grammy, you know, I watch EWTN, my my church channel, <laughs> and I watch musicals, and, and that's about it. So I'm a little, but Robin Williams, oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. That's a sad yes. one. All right. Ooh. Okay. No, taking I, I just suck at this. Okay, moving here. on. Here we go. Thank God, I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Grammy is cut off. Grammy's got great self control. <laughs> yes. She grabbed it. And she was like, "I'm gonna take a break." Yes. I have to stay focused so I can can kick your ass. Okay. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Twenty years ago, we had Johnny Cash, Bob Hope, and Steve Jobs. Now we have no cash, no hope, and no jobs. Please don't let Kevin Bacon die. Was that? That's funny. Bill Murray. Amy Schumer or Jim Gaffigan? Is it Jim Gaffigan? It is not Jim Gaffigan. Fuck, I've heard that joke. <laughs> Grammy, it is oh, okay. over to you. I do like bacon. Okay, so can you say it again? <laughs> oh my God. 20 years ago, we had Johnny Cash, Bob Hope, and Steve Jobs. Now we have no cash, no hope, and no jobs. Please don't let Kevin Bacon die. Okay, and the names? Bill Murray or Amy Schumer? Uh, probably Amy Schumer. It is not Amy what? Schumer. Uh, no, Bill Murray. It's Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. It is I mean, Bill Murray. I, that would. Oh my goodness! I just figured women like their bacon. I mean, everybody. <laughs> likes, everybody likes bacon. I don't know. Honey, you're not into your bacon. I don't like it. Damn! I thought women liked bacon. <laughs> women like the bacon. How would you hear that? God, Grammy said it. I don't Grammy, know. Yes, Grammy knows all. <laughs> Maybe not enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Women love their bacon. <laughs> 
I mean, I love mine, but I like my really crispy. Nathan doesn't, yeah, according no. to Janie. I don't like crispy bacon. How do you like your bacon? Do you eat bacon? Uh, I do it not very crispy. Yeah. Oh. See? It's got to have a little bend to it. Yes. Because if it's crispy, then it's just burnt meat. There you go. Yeah, that's exactly that's what delicious. I think. That's yeah, delicious. No. I would eat that if it was left out. No. I know I know you guys were talking about that up, earlier. It's still gonna, yeah, it's still going to have that a little sort bend. of bend Oh, no, to I want it yeah. crumbly. No. Crum- yeah. No, then it's just charred yeah well right. you're charred okay <laughs> i'm not sure quick. i'm not sure quick with with the, the punch lines but you know i try oh shit okay next one whose turn uh, it is grammy's turn. oh snap and a half okay let's oh, okay. do it we got the last one wrong you're going down grammy you're you know what dear <laughs> I, I know you're am. older but i'm going fuck all right <laughs> I, I probably am this is, what about musical yeah, what are you yeah. gonna do another musical game we, we did one we, a, a couple weeks ago we had one with carolina well i'm not a musical yes. guest am i <laughs> right. well, yeah, yeah, yeah well how did carolina do it in that she one? did great yeah she <laughs> fucking probably rocked that yeah. she knows she, she fucking crushes the musicals and she has a beautiful voice yes do yes. you sing dear huh no <laughs> let's keep going with this comedy how about that i don't yes, sing this is your moment that's that's right, that's All right. right. When am I go. gonna the get mine? Is, okay. I really don't think I need buns of steel. I'd be happy with buns of cinnamon. Is that Jern Rivers, Ellen DeGeneres, or Don Rickles? Oh, it's gotta be a woman if you're talking about <laughs> talking about her booty. <laughs> what would, <Your> booty. <laughs> what were the two names? Jern Rivers. Oh, maybe. Or Ellen DeGeneres. And what was your quote again? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember anything that I just said? Uh, yes, and what show is this? <laughs> <laughs> and where am I specifically? <laughs> what room is this in? <laughs> what, what, are you, what are we doing? What is uh, life? <clears throat> okay. I really don't think I need buns of steel. Buns of steel. I'd be happy with buns of cinnamon. Buns of cinnamon. That sounds delicious. Um, I'm going to say Ellen. It was Ellen and Oh Jack my goodness, Perfect. I got one. <laughs> Amazing. Because that sounds, I mean, I know she's kind of... Hot topic at the moment, but uh, that sounds like I was gonna say John Rivers. Mm, I almost see? said her, but mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, Ellen's kind of like you know, trying to be modern with her stuff and relate to the millennials and their <laughs> social <laughs> medias. Um, so okay, yay! Yeah, Grammy's got a point. You, thank you very much. Gotta go. it. Yes, <laughs> all right. Here's another one. <clears throat> I was once on the phone with Blockbuster Video, which is a very old fashioned sentence. I know this one already. <laughs> That's like when your gram would be like, we'd all go play jacks by the soda fountain. Yes, yeah. we would. You're like, yeah. nobody knows what you're talking about, uh, you idiots. I know exactly. It's John Mulaney. Is it John Mulaney? <laughs> that sounds like him. Well, who are the other options? Uh, Pete Davidson or Bo Brenham. Oh, mm. no. I would have known that one. For I would have sure. never known. I, I, it, it wouldn't relate to Pete Davidson, but I could believe uh, Bo Burnham would mm-hmm. say it. Like, yes. It's, that's... This is John Mulaney. Yeah. Yes. We don't go play jacks about on this side. No one knows what you're talking about, you idiot. You sound just like him. That was amazing. Thank you, Grammy. You're still going down. And I'm not letting these compliments. Oh, my gosh. He's really... He's really competitive. My goodness. I don't know if Zaney should go extra with him. He might... She should, because when he's on the clock, he has to be professional. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's true. Okay, so that's that's the secret. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm okay. A, I'm going to get it. Ready? Here we go. This okay. is the last one. You've already got one. That's pretty good. Yeah. What, how many does he have? Two? He has four. Oh, snap. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. How many are left? This is the last one. I, oh. <laughs> good luck. Wait, can there be like a, like, if I get it? <laughs> if I get it. <laughs> If I get it, I get like extra points. 
<laughs> what if? Okay, mm-hmm. I have I have a wager. Here we go. I have okay. A wager. Mm-hmm. Okay. If oh, I Grimmy's, get, Grimmy's gambling. Yeah, mm. If I get this right, mm. I will bring us to the same level, and then we can do a tiebreaker. But if I don't get it right, do you have a tiebreaker question? I don't. But okay, I can't find I'm sure you can buy one. Okay, is that a deal? That's a deal. Okay. Oh my gosh, I have to get it right. <laughs> yes. okay. I hope it's an easy one. You're, you're fucked. Carabinet. <laughs> Politely, Carabinet. you're fucked. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why do people say grow some bulls? Bulls are weak and sensitive. I know which one this is. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pounding. Go ahead, Grammy. Who's that? Wanda Sykes, Betty White, or Ali Wong? Oh my goodness gracious. Look me in the eyes, Grammy. I know which one it is. (laughs) (laughs) Can you send me signals? Yeah. Okay. Oh no, I don't, I'm not getting it. Okay. Can you give me a hint? Yeah. Okay, that wasn't helpful. Can you can you say the quote again? Yeah. Why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak. Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pounding. Oh, and then people were. <laughs> and the game is. Want to say Betty okay. White or Ali Wong? Oh, I've Ali Wong. It is not Ali Wong. Oh, who was it? Betty White. Betty White. It's Betty White. She said that? Yeah. That's really crash. <laughs> Did she do stand-up? Uh, not like stand-up specific. I mean, I don't know, but I just yeah, know she said know. that. Yeah. When did she say it? Was it in a movie? No, I think it was like an interview quote or something. Oh, my goodness. She's really funny. She was is. really funny. I just had to put that in there. Yeah, I didn't know if Betty White did any form of stand-up comedy but that's, but that's it was, a, it was, a, it was a funny joke to me and I was like yep and I, and I love Betty White you gotta honor Betty yes you know? Betty oh what a wow what a firecracker <laughs> she was really how did you know that that's uh, amazing it was a quote I saw from her a while ago that I I'd stuck with oh my gosh she well Betty Betty White Ali Wong I got the signal that, that <laughs> those were the syllables yeah yeah, yeah. so so yeah, yeah. thank you it was for high that. Pressure. Yeah, I tried. I yeah, tried. You, I did what I could. You did, and it could have been either one, and I failed. <laughs> yep. So I guess that means you win, which no, doesn't make me happy because Ooh. this is my time of the show. Uh, but thank you so much, dear. You mm. are actually really funny. Thank you. And and it's hard to make me laugh because I'm very religious oh. and conservative. And, I'm gonna <laughs> pretend you didn't just say that. <laughs> but, um, right, right, right. Very conservative. Right, yeah, yeah, for he, sure. Old. Yes. Uh, wow. He, he is. <laughs> no, no, no. You're very, spunky. you're very, you're very. You know, you 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 like what you like, old. And <laughs> you know what, dear? I think we're gonna have to cut him off. You know, if you're not careful, you're not coming back on the show. Uh, <laughs> but you're lucky you're a ginger, so I'll allow it. Thank like, you. But you're a real ginger. Well, okay. Here's the story. You ready for this? <laughs> yes, okay, Grammy, I'm so, ready. Janie mm-hmm. was born a ginger. She was born with red curly hair like Annie. I know, right? <laughs> How dare she? And then it grew out blonde. So she tries to say, oh, I was born a redhead. But my she, mom does the same thing. My mom is yeah, super blonde she, right now, but she was born a redhead. She, mm. why, why does that happen though? You know, like some people can't take the heat. I guess she couldn't, <laughs> and so now she has to buy the heat, and it's really expensive. <laughs> 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 yes, it is not cheap to be a redhead, but yours looks great. Thank you. And um, I tried you, to dye it blonde one time. 
Really? Yeah. Why? Because I was young and I was like, I hate my red hair. Oh my goodness. <laughs> did your mom yell at you and no, say no? No, she helped me dye it. Oh, and and then what did you do? Like, how did it grow back to this? This looks very natural. Well, that happened like when I was 14, I think. Wow. Is, yeah. your, is your twin Phoebe a ginger? She's blonde. What? She looks, she looks a lot more like my mom. This is weird. Yeah. Do you guys look alike at all? We have similar noses, I think. Oh, that's weird. Twins are creepy to me. They are. They're really mm. creepy. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have like that twin thing, the telepathy thing? Uh, uh, a little. Yeah. Mm. Not of like, uh, it'll happen where like if I'm about to say something, she'll say what I was thinking sometimes. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. But it's not mm. like like shining twins. No, like if she gets pinched, I won't feel that shit. Okay. <laughs> but like sometimes like if we're together and like I'm about to say something, she'll say it before me. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you like being a twin? I do. Yeah, oh she's the goodness. best. She's awesome. She's that's... a lot smarter than me. Wow. Well, but you're very smart. I think you have to be well. smart <laughs> to be... Sandy told me you weren't good at taking compliments, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Sandy's giving away a lot of fucking yeah, information yeah, right well, now. You know, we, we have a quiz. not a good spy because she's fucking ratting me out. Well, you know, she has to give me I mean, helpful information. Grammy also seems like she can fucking pull information out of people. Oh, yeah. oh yes, she's she's yes. Like, Where's the secret? Yes. I won't tell you, Grammy. Okay. Yeah, he, he's spunky. I like him. He, he makes fun of my eshes, but it's, I'll allow it. I'll allow, only you, dear. <laughs> Only you, dear. But yes, I don't know what I was saying. But yo, <laughs> take this compliment. You're funny, and and just stay true to yourself. Thanks, Grammy. And um, and thanks for playing a game with an old woman like me. Of course, yeah. don't shart. I will try not to. <laughs> I, will try I know. Not to I know. Shart. With age, it's tough. But yes, yes. I believe in you. I have my diapers, <laughs> so that helps. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for new episodes of Talking to Nobody podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Ta-